when you first got to the varsity football team at Baytown Sterling, who was the first person to kick your butt? Or was there like a welcome to varsity moment for you? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, not necessarily a, a welcome to varsity moment. Uh, I was I was a, a scout team running back on the JV okay. uh, my sophomore year. And uh, so, you know, you're kind of like the 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 grunt. You're doing a lot of grunt yeah, work. Yeah, you're you're yeah. servicing the varsity, you know. And uh, I, I remember one time I got the ball and I tried to make like a cut, you know, and uh, this guy, uh, he's my cousin's best friend. His name is uh, Michael Matthews. He's no longer with us, but uh, yeah. he was like a, a, a defensive end for us. And he's probably about six two. He probably was like 230, just kind of big muscle guy. Yeah. And he just sw swallowed me up, man. Like he just <laughs> grabbed me and like I'm trying to like move and get out of it, you know. And he's just kind of laughing at me uh, and he's not moving. He just has me like this, like a bear <laughs> hug. And I, I just like, I just, well, he just like said stop or something. I just was like, dude. And I just, I just stopped moving, you know, but he like, you know, because he was my cousin's friend, he didn't like, you know, lay into me, but he right. just grabbed me and just was holding on to me. And I was just like, like, come on, man, you know, but uh, you know, those were good times, man. Like he, he uh, definitely, could have knocked my head off, you know, but mm -hmm. like some of those other varsity guys would try to do, but he, you know, he was a good guy. And uh, it was just fun times going against those guys every day. It made you better. Like when you're a kid, you're not thinking about how, you know, helping the varsity is getting you better for when you're on the varsity, you're just, you know, you're kind of upset that you're getting knocked around every day, but mm -hmm. you kind of get kind of somewhat used to the speed and, and uh, you know, you kind of earn those guys respect too when you go hard at them and give them a good look. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, but my my moment to high school football, I think I had one of those. I don't, I don't remember like a moment on varsity. Yeah. Uh, but my freshman year, we we're playing uh, Beaumont Central. Um, back then, it was just Beaumont Westbrook, Beaumont Central. Yeah. And then it was just Baytown Sterling, Baytown Lee. But uh, we were playing Beaumont Central, and uh, I scored a touchdown earlier in the game, and uh, you know a lot of jawing back and forth, but. You know, we were like a wishbone uh, option team. And so I caught a pitch and I kind of, you know, bounced off of a tackle and I'm trying to like tightrope the sideline. And I, this guy hit me and it was kind of like, you know, a quarterback getting blindsided, you know, yeah. it was like that, man. I got laid into and uh, it's probably the hardest hit to this day that I've ever like yeah. that yeah. I ever got like playing football in all those years. And like uh, everything went flying man. like my mouthpiece flew out. Yeah. Remember, I think my, my chin strap came undone. Mm -hmm. I know my shoulder pads, the straps came undone. Damn. And I just <laughs> ate dirt. Yeah, I just ate dirt, man. It was over at the old uh at not the old because it's still there, but Stalwart Stadium. Yeah. And I just ate like all kind of dirt, man. And yeah. I was hurting, man. I, I didn't want to get up. It was probably one of the few times I didn't want to get up after somebody hit me. And I remember it's funny now that I'm a coach, but I just remember my coach yelling at me like, get up, you know, don't show them that you're hurt. Don't let them know you're hurt. And I'm just like, dude, I am hurt. Like, like I'm not, I'm not trying to get up. Uh, but I got up and found my mouthpiece and kind of jogged back to the huddle. But it was like, dude, like that was like the hardest hit I've ever received in my life. And I I, I didn't I didn't quit, but I didn't want any more action like that for the rest of that game, man. But um, I mean, you know, I got the ball eventually, but like that was my welcome to high school football. Like, you know, because in middle middle school I was a quarterback, so I didn't get hit very much. But right. uh, when I got to high school, I was a running back in my first couple of years, and yeah, that was that was like, hey, welcome to high school football. You're gonna get hit now.
And I always feel like I need one more bar and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more bar and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more bar and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough But you be told I need some therapy, initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy Alright, welcome to another brand new edition of the Team Player Podcast This is episode no- number 29, we are making team podcast history We have our first head track coach stepping into the Team Player Studios this afternoon He is the head track coach. In addition to being head track coach, he is also the recruiting coordinator and an assistant football coach for the George Ranch Longhorns. Welcome, Nick Oliveri, to the show. And thanks for having me, man. All right, coach. And if you're if you're a part of the team player movement, like I know Coach has, I know he's he's uh, checked out a couple episodes. Please make sure you have given us a five star review. It takes ten seconds on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just click that five stars. That's going to help more people find the show and hear these awesome stories about coaches making a difference. You can hit that follow button to subscribe. That means you'll get a new episode in your queue every Sunday at 2 p.m. when we release a new episode. And I'm your host, James Kovaleski. You can follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo. That's Coach underscore K-O-V-O. All right, Coach, let's dive into it. You're from the east side of town. You grew up in Baytown, Texas. So just talk to our listeners. What was it? What was it like growing up in Baytown? Man, uh, man, I, I don't, I probably rip Baytown probably harder than anybody I, I know it, yeah. in my town, man. A lot of guys, like, they'll tell you, they move back, so they, they, you know, they, they're doing a little bit more than I am, but man, Baytown is uh, a great place to yeah. grow up back then, you know, early, those 90s, early, late 80s, mm-hmm. you know, 90s, uh, early 2000s, man, it was just a great place to be. Um, blue collar town, um, if anybody knows anything about um, that side of town, it's it's mm-hmm. dominated by refineries and uh, the chemical plant industry. And so um, pretty much everybody's parents are working at, you know, one of the refineries, Exxon, Bayer, Chevron, you know, you know, it's just dominated by refineries. And so just kind of a hardworking town, um, you know, everybody just kind of, you know, has to, to make it, kind of make it and make it on their own and do like that hard labor work. Um, but it was fun growing up there. Um, our town is, was somewhat, um, when you talk about like rivalries, our, our town is split down the middle, you know, yeah. one side of town goes to Sterling and the other side would go to, to Lee yeah. and you played little league and, and you play, you know, at the YMCA, you play ball there and you go to lock-ins and things like that on the weekends and things like that. So, you know, everybody in town, um, they, they've added a third high school now, but, um, back then it was just two high schools. And like I said, you played everybody in any kind of peewee sports, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, soccer. And so, you know, pretty much everyone in town, or if you don't, somebody, you know, knows that other person. So, you know, pretty, pretty cool. Um, growing up there, I enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. You know, just, I'll get a little bit ahead of myself, but talking about that rivalry with Lee, I know, you know, football is cyclical, right? It's up and down, but I, I know mm-hmm. Baytown Lee had a really good run there when coach Olin was getting the spread going and seven on seven. They yeah. threw Tate. And all them. When you were there, though, were, were you there kind of around Clint Sterner or no? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I obviously I refer to those guys as the other guys on the other side of town. You know? right, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I do. 
I do respect what Coach Olin did. And right. like every time I see him, I definitely shake his hand and all yeah. that. But um, he had a good run. I think he had like seven straight D1 quarterbacks. Right. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah, like uh, the first guy was Jermaine Alford. That's, yep. Absolutely. And um, Clint Sterner came after him. Uh, Clint was like a, Clint was a really good athlete, uh, from what I remember. Uh, I think I was in eighth grade when he graduated, okay. but he, okay. I remember him playing against my brother. My brother is like yeah. a year older than him and he was like a receiver punter. Um, yeah. and then he took over. He's probably the more famous of all of those guys. Cause he played in the NFL, mm -hmm. but, um, there was a good run where there was like a lot of good quarterbacks there. And then, you know, just, I always think coach your story about your coach yelling at your face to get up. Is this, yeah. you're right. I mean, it, it, we, we would still do that in this day. You know, you don't want to yeah. show weakness, but you're right. It was exemplified when we were playing in school. Yeah. We grew up in Absolutely. that era where we all had them little short shimmel t-shirts. You know, <laughs> yeah. I know coach Ojeda talks about that. Did, did you have that same experience and your lineman, you know, got hanging out and everything like, like mine was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was, I was a skill guy. So like when we yeah. wore those shorts, you know, you're working on yeah. your, uh, on your abs. So you're trying right. to see if you can get a little six pack, a little four pack, you know, whatever, trying to show, show that. But yeah, we definitely had those short shirts, like, you know, uh, Miami U style, you know, but um, yeah, it was good times. And then we had the practice shirt, practice jerseys were all big, hanging over you, yeah. trying to tie it in the back, things like that. Yeah. You know, it's funny too. I, I saw this meme on Twitter, coach, and it was like some scientific study saying that putting your hands above your head when you're tired actually does not help you breathe. And like, you know, the caption was like, I want to show this to every high school football coach I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I saw that too. And I'll just start laughing because I know as a coach, I'm like, Hey man, you know, Absolutely. don't bend over. Don't bend over the airs up. The airs up That's there. We all know? say, yep. Yeah. We all say it. So uh, now that there's studies, you're like, dang, dude, you were wrong. You know, I think somebody tagged me in that too. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, on Twitter or on Facebook yeah. or something tagged me like, you were wrong, Coach. You know, coach O, you were wrong. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, one last Baytown specific question. I'll never forget this. When I was a kid, I got the worst sunburn of my life. Probably the only sunburn in my life. You know me. I'm kind of an olive skin kind of guy. This is the only time I got burnt. Um, one of my good friends in elementary school, his dad, uh, you know, Mr. Shook. You know, uh, Dan Shook's my good friend. His dad took us out to the, the drag racing track. We went out to an NHRA uh event out yeah. there and I, we got burnt to a crisp man so i'm just curious did you ever did you ever go out to that track or is that, is that a big part of baytown or no i well i never went to the track but um where you were actually at like um i can see that track from my mo my mother's house oh cool so, okay. um we moved uh in high school and yeah. um where we lived before the neighborhood expanded i could see the lights and i can see yeah. the track from my um from my house was that pretty so, loud when they get going or uh it, not too not, not too, too loud but yeah you can hear it you can definitely yeah. hear it and um you know like i said you can see it from over there yeah yeah okay so eventually you go to Bay, uh, baytown ross sterling high school and this is yes. it's kind of one of the ones like you know i had a similar experience you, you kind of got to say baytown sterling because yeah. of course you got the sterling raiders and hisd and i I went to Fort Bend, Austin, because you also have the Austin Mustangs and HISD. Yes. So it's just kind of cool. I, I, I always kind of liked it as a, a badge of kind of like repping my hometown, too. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're Baytown Sterling. You know, every, you know, people know people know about that school for sure, you know. And my question is, though, whenever you were in that period, was it a period where you were getting the better of Lee or was it a period where it was dead even or was was Lee really rock and rolling at that time? No. Yeah. So, um no, Lee, uh, man, the guys from Baytown, the guys on the other side of town gonna laugh at me because I, I mean, I have to admit it now. Yeah, uh, they were they were whipping our butts like okay. uh, pretty okay. much. They had a good run until my senior year. Uh, 
Coach Olin, I think his first year um, was like 91, 90, somewhere around there, 93 maybe. I, I don't know. But he he lost that. I think he lost that first one. And then I think he went like uh, six or seven straight years where they beat us. And uh, my senior year, we we had a great run that year. We we ended up, we still didn't make the playoffs. So the league, the league guys will always make fun of us. But we beat them uh, that year. Oh, wow. And we yeah. beat, and we beat. Uh, it'd be Katie, who was number one or two wow, in the state yeah. at the time. We beat them at uh, the old road stadium. And then we got in the district. We had a tough district, man. It was like the two Baytown schools, Beaumont Westbrook, Beaumont Central, and Ombo and Kingwood joined our district. Those yeah. my last two years. And Ombo was really good. Kingwood was really good. Uh, Central was really good. Lee was really good. So um, there was five schools that were really good. And back then, you only took uh, three. three. So yeah. we... Um, we lost to Humble at the last game of the season. We lost to Kingwood and in Central got Central got hot and went on the run. And so we missed the playoffs. But Lee ended up uh beating uh Kingwood at the end of the year and they got into the playoffs. So they always beat them and they got in the playoffs. Oh man. Yeah, yeah man. they they got in. But um that was um you mentioned Drew Tate earlier. Yeah. Uh, Drew was a freshman my senior year. Yeah. And so he started on the varsity oh, wow. uh, okay. as a freshman against us. And uh, we beat him that year. Uh, but uh, he, you could tell, like, he was going to be pretty good. And I'm curious, Coach. You, you talked about, you know, the league guys you know, giving you a hard time or whatever. So when I was in high school, I was, I was in Fort Bend. We had six high schools growing up. And I guess seven, if you count Hightower, was kind of starting to get going at that time, mm -hmm. right? So it was big enough to where, yes, they were our rivals. But we didn't necessarily, like, interact and run around the same circles with, with all these guys from other mm -hmm. high schools. But with you, where it's just two schools – was it something yeah. to where you actually like were going out on the weekends with these guys or seeing them around? Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, were you actually like, interacting with them a yeah. little more in person? Oh yeah, absolutely. So in Baytown, there's one mall, the Sanderson Center right. Mall. Right. Right. Um, it it doesn't look like very much now if you drive through there, but like that was the place like on the weekends, and so everybody was at the mall. And like I said, we played pee wee ball together, and um, there, and then we would go to lock ins at the YMCA on the weekends. So you grow up and you know everyone in town. And so when you see them out, you know, it's like, it's not, oh, he goes to Lee, you know, it's like, oh, that's, you know, such and such, you know, and you, you know, you dap them up, you say, what's up. Yeah. And then what gets crazy is the, the Lee Sterling week. Um, when it's like, when you finish playing that Friday and you know, like the next game is Lee, like it, everything kind of ramps up that week. And um, back then you kind of have to take your signs out of your yard, you know, when people, cause they go, we drive around egg, just pranks going on all week, go egg your house. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yep. you know yeah, those are yeah, yeah you see each other on that like you'll play that Friday. And then you know, Saturday night, you're at the mall. And so we know now it's Lee Sterling week, it's officially kicking off. And so you're talking all kind of smack to each other. And, um, you know, you can take the signs out off your yard, but people know where you live. So, right. you know, and then we some somebody would try to pull a prank on each other's practice field, you know, you right, go right. Like do one year, I think we came out and it said, uh, you know, the Rangers suck or something like, yeah. oh, they put gas or something on our field or something and burned it in there or something. I don't know. It was, yeah, yeah. It was like they they tried to destroy our field. We like put dye in like some water fountain or something. They had, you know, you get in trouble. <laughs> the cops are like on high, police are on high alert that week yeah. uh, when we were growing up. You know, nothing too bad, but just like small town right. fun, you know. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, episode four, Cirilla Ojeda talked about the exact same thing with the Rayburn and Pasadena rivalry is the exact yeah. same thing. But he even talked about, he's like, he's like, I would not recommend this now. We don't, we don't do this now. But like back in the day, we used to like burn uh, the mascot, you know, we'd like make, 
make like a replica <laughs> of the mascot and like set it on fire in a bonfire <laughs> you know? yeah so. no yeah we would um we would have like so every day you know there's like a theme we kind of like you know how people yeah. do homecoming yeah. now we'd have a theme theme every day during that week and on the last day we would have like a, a funeral for the um exact, for exactly the game yeah yeah and we'd wear all black and we'd have like a fake coffin like you know yeah. have their they have those guys numbers on it and stuff like that you know we did we did things like that so yeah, yeah it was all and, i mean you know that you're, you're coaching now is that something that's it feels I and mean, i'm outside now but it does has that kind of died away some of that aspect of it i think so with the the bigger districts i think it kind of has um you know i know when me and you were, were coaching together uh like that's that's kind of where because tammy used to coach in uh <laughs> yeah. in baytown where i'm from yeah and so uh, you know when tammy uh, i think brett mentioned that she bought those shirts like beat oh, yeah. up it's like she gave you know she didn't care at all you know that's what that's kind of like where where that kind of comes from like it's like hey man we don't care like we're we're gonna say it and and see what happens you know we're gonna be yeah. real confident about what we're doing but yeah no like i think especially like in Fort Bend where we're at, you know, those robberies are not really there as much, you know, cause right. everybody's kind of, kind of expanding. Like, like even in Bay, there's Goose Creek Memorial now. And so there's sure. three high schools. So it's kind of hard to have that same robbery like you had when I was growing up there. One thing I noticed really interesting talking to both Cirillo Heda and James, Jimmy Hammond, the rivalry was so thick they even knew like the names of the mascots in the district mm -hmm. and i thought that was really cool like i think back like, i don't necessarily know the names of the other team's mascot like because it was baldy the eagle you know sam the texan hector the trojan at soho like they all knew and so i'm yeah. curious i'm asking i'm curious for you did like did, did, did you know the name of your mascot uh, the ranger and did you know the name of the rebel mascot or no, uh, man, no, I didn't actually know the name of our uh, mascot, but at Lee, I knew who the mascot was. Okay, I knew, who, yeah, I knew who she was. Um, awesome. We're friends. We're still friends to this day, but I knew That's who awesome. she was. It was always pretty funny that I knew she was the mascot, but um, no, I didn't know what their mascot was. I really yeah. didn't care for anything they did over on that. Sure, side. I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> and so, uh, your high school coach was Mike Manley. Uh, your first two years, uh -huh. and Kyle Gandy came in for your last two years. You played football, you also ran track, and you played basketball for one year. So just, you know, just kind of looking back on your career at Sterling, just as you reflect, and I'm sure some of your buddies might be tuning in and listening, you know, what are just some of your, your memories of being a Sterling Ranger? Man, uh, so for me, uh, you know, going to Sterling was kind of like a true. My mom went to school there. Mm -hmm. uh, my uncles went there. My older brother went there. Uh, my sisters followed me and went there. Um, we all went there. So it, it was, you know, going there, it was like, just like, like where all my family went, it's just where we, what we did. And, um, you know, I just remember going there and um, having a lot of fun, a lot of friends, uh, playing different sports, um, interacting with different people. Uh, I think, you know, playing, I played, I, I grew up being more of a basketball guy than I was mm -hmm. a, a football guy. I really only played football because my older brother played in, you know, he was, you know, somebody I looked up to. So everything he did, I would try to do. Uh, I think I had more success early on in, in high school playing football. And so I gave up the basketball mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it was a lot of, it was a lot of good competition in basketball. We were like, we were really good out there. Um, and we were good in football too. Like my class was really good. So, um, football kind of consumed everything I did there, you know, right. I ran track because I played football and, um, you know, looking back now, like, I think the kids get a little bit more, of an experience um, in high school than I kind of did. Cause like, it was just all football for me. Right. And now that I look back and see all the things that, you know, kids are doing now, it's probably like, man, I could have done this. I could have done that. 
you know, I do wish I would have played soccer. That was one of the things I wish yeah. I would have done. My uh, our soccer coach was one of my football coaches, and he would ask me all the time to play. And um, I would kind of always like at the last minute say, no, nah, I don't want to play, man. You know, but it's something I wish I probably would have done because I really like watching our national team. I know uh, Sniffin mentioned that. too. Yeah. I, I watch our national team a lot, too. I always watch the World Cup and the, um, anytime that we're playing any friendlies or anything like that. And I coach, I'm with you, you know, and we grew up in a time period where I'm sure you probably heard the same thing. Like I, I had coach that referred to soccer as a communist sport. Like that's literally <laughs> kind of what we were taught to think about soccer. And so, yeah, there was kind of an animosity, not as I've grown older. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, you have completely changed, especially when I was coaching at Aldine. We had mm-hmm. an exceptional soccer program there, both men's and or boys and girls. Uh, coach Melvin Badajona for the boys uh, and Mark Keel for the girls is, is the, you know, the head coaches there. Helen Davey was the girls coach at the time. Um, we were just so good. And, you know, as athletic coordinator, I just really was just swept up in the winning and our boys team made it to the regional tournament. And, and I just really began to appreciate the game. And then like, you now, I'm, I'm very into both men's and women's national team. So Mm -hmm. I'm with you hundred percent on that. And I, you know, coach for me, I'm a big guy. Like I love the underdog. You may remember that about me. I just, I always kind of rooted for the kid that was small or slow or weak. And, but I saw some potential and then I feel the same thing about teams. Right. And so this past year, I'm, you know, I'm a big Michigan fan and our good buddy, Phil Dober, we're, we're, we're friendly. We're, he's an Ohio <laughs> state guy, but like, yeah. we're not, we're rational fans. So me and him text and talk all the time and never gets personal yeah. or nasty, but obviously they've owned Michigan for over like a decade. It, mm-hmm. I was able to go to that game. Cause my in-laws, you know, are from Michigan. So I was able to I go to, to that game. It's the most beautiful game I've ever seen. It just felt good for a team that's gotten smacked over and over and over to finally like stand up and kind of put yeah. the bully down. And so, I'm that's the way I feel about what you described. It sounded like, you know, Lee had your number for years and years and years. So I just want to hear more about that game. Not so much like what happened play by play, but like the feeling leading up to it was something where you guys just knew like, Hey, this is our year. And then when it was over, what was that celebration in the locker room? Like, man. So yeah, man, it was like an awesome feeling first off to beat them finally, because you know, those guys over there and you don't think that they're better than you, you know, you just kind of wondering why they're having success and you're not, you know, Um, they, uh, but we knew our class, that class of 2000, so 99 season, we just knew that we were better than them. Uh, We'd beat them when we were freshmen. um, And then, you know, as you split up, as you're getting so varsity teams, you know, you, you know, they're beating us, you know, but it's not like they're blowing us out or anything like that. But we just knew like our senior class that we were better than them. And, um, and so when we got into that game, uh, you know, you're always hyped up to play them. You don't have, you don't need any motivation. You play right people, you know, Uh, but I just remember us knowing that we could beat them. And especially being that we beat Katie the year, I mean, earlier in the year, right. We just knew that we were better than them and we didn't like smack them around anything. The game was pretty close. Right. Um, but I do remember we caused a lot of turnovers that game. Um, I think drew through like four interceptions and we had some fumble recoveries and things like that. So things were just kind of bouncing our way that year. I'm um, in that game. Um, they made like a little late comeback. Um, and uh, at the end, I think he threw like his last interception and that kind of sealed it. But after the game, it's so packed in that stadium for at Stalwart. It's kind of like, I would liken it to going to like a graduation and trying to get out of the parking lot. Yeah. So um in our locker room, we're celebrating, we're having fun, you know, everybody's going crazy, but we can't leave the stadium. And I don't know if you know where Stalwart's at, but oh, yeah. Stalwart's not, it's not that close to either one of the schools. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of in the middle. And so, yeah, we had a little downtime. And so actually some of those guys from Lee came over to our locker room 
and um, wow. came in and, you know, it was like, hey, man, y'all played a good game. Congrats. And cool. We know those guys. So That's we all kind of interacted with yeah. each other, went out on the field and was talking and had a good time, you know, like, you know, you're, you're field, but your friends off the field. So yeah, I, cool. I, I, that, yeah, that was one of the things I remember. I remember a couple of guys came over, uh, walked in and just said, hey, good guy, good game, guys. You know, and we all like, you know, dab each other up and start talking about it and talking about what you're going to do on the weekend and things like that. Yeah, man, it reminds me of the Ben Moran episode. And you you know this story probably because we coached against these guys, but he yeah. went to Tomball Memorial when they first opened. He talked about their first year of varsity. Tomball just smacked them and just were yeah. just talking all the trash during that game. The next year, it went to went right down to the wire. But I'm just – it's one thing I miss about coaching and being on the field, Nick. Like, now I do broadcasting. I just miss hearing the chirping between the players. I, I used to oh, yeah. kind of love that, honestly speaking. <laughs> I'm not a big trash talker yeah. myself. But I kind of loved hearing it. Um, that's why I've thought about officiating just so I can, I want to be an umpire and I just gonna be right in the middle of it here, everything. But I'm just curious, like in a game like that against your rivals, was there a lot of like, was it constant trash talk going on or was it pretty like just quiet? What do you remember about that aspect of the game as far as your relationship with Lee? Uh, yeah, you're always, you're, you're definitely talking. Yeah. You know, you're, you're saying like little, you're saying little things to each right, other. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you, cause you, like I said, you know, those guys. So you're always, you know, you see, you know, you see them and you, you see them all the time. And so you kind of get a chance to get a lick on them or whatever. Uh, one of the funniest stories is uh, not necessarily my senior year, but the year before one of my buddies, uh, he was a receiver at Lee and uh, he, he was friends with our corner and on a run play, I think the play was on the opposite side, you know, he was doing his job, but he went and cut him, you know, he just cut him. Boom. And uh, you know, my buddy on my team was like, dude like what's up man like you can cut me on the back side of a play man you know and <laughs> even like to this day when we, when it comes up on facebook like they'll go back and forth to oh, each other that. on, on the that. comments like man you ain't have to cut me and he was like man i'm doing what i'm doing what i'm supposed to do you know so yeah uh, it's just stuff like that like you know you're like come on dude you didn't have to do that you know yeah that's cool man no that's a great story i know on the coach sniffing episode i talked about when we played marshall um they thumped us the first year and oh, yeah. going into that game, I definitely did not know we were going to win. But yeah. I always tell the story. The point where I knew we were going to win was actually when we gave up the first touchdown. Devon Crookshank houses us for a big, a house oh, a big touchdown. I, and I, I tell the story yes. that I thought in the past, you know, kids would start hanging their heads and I'd have to go out there, run out, meet them at the numbers, you know, hustle mm-hmm. off the field, whatever, whatever. But they all, they, all, they all hustled off the field. And once we got back to the bench, they all said, Coach, we got you. We're good. And mm-hmm. it was at that moment – I, we're going to win this game. I, we're, we're losing seven, nothing. I was like, we're going to win this game. You know? So mm-hmm. I just love that feeling of coaching, like that feeling when, you know, and that's pretty cool that y'all just, you knew before the game started, you knew the work had been put in, in the off season mm-hmm. and you just knew you were better. So kudos to y'all for, for making that happen. Awesome win. Okay. Last little story on the Baytown Sterling. This is a personal story. I want to see if, if you have any recollection of this, if it checks out, but you know, I grew up uh, in a, in the neighborhood called Barrington place off of Eldridge. I would have went to Kempner. I was in Joan to Kempner. We moved in my eighth grade year, halfway through to new territory. We're building a new house and uh, it wasn't ready. So I, we lived in the apartments um, right across the Mercer Stadium uh, right there. Okay. In so I went every single Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. I went to every varsity game that year as an eighth grader because the stadium's right there. That's where I really fell in love with high school football. I'd walk over to First Colony Mall. I'd go eat at Steak Escape in the food court. I'd walk to the bookstore, read Dave Campbell's. So anyway, I remember this, this game just sticks out of my mind so vividly that I walked over there and I remember in, in my memory that Baytown Sterling came into town and they were playing the Clements Rangers. I feel like, oh, that's cool. Both of these teams are the Rangers. 
And I just remember watching that game. And my, my one memory is, is hearing the name Zach Mercer on the stop, <laughs> Zach Mercer on the tackle over and over and over. Cause I still yeah. I remember this 20 years later, whatever, how many, 25 years later, I just have that memory. So I'm, I want to ask you, cause it might've been around the same time. Were you playing yeah. in that game or? Yeah. yeah. So, well, we didn't play, we didn't play Clemens. Okay. We wrong. Played, okay. Yeah. We played uh, Elkins. It, okay. And, you're, there you go. Yes. That, that was it. Yeah. We played, we played Elkins and uh, Zach and your classmates. Okay. Uh, Zach. Uh, so we, we graduated the same year. Uh, Zach was a linebacker for us. Uh, and yeah, you're absolutely right. He was making a lot of tackles uh, yeah. in every game we played. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he was a, a really good uh, football player for us. Um, he can, he was a really good athlete. He could pretty yeah. much play wherever he wanted. Uh, but he was a really good uh, linebacker. I think he's played, I think that year he might have been like a, like a Sam, you know, what we call right. a Sam now. Right. I don't think he was, I'm, I know he wasn't in the middle, but he could have okay. easily played okay. in the middle. But he was an outside backer for us. And I mean, he, he was a stud. Um, yeah. I don't think he, I think he had opportunity to play college ball. Um, I don't know. I think he might have did it for a year or so. I can't remember. Um, but I don't, I know he didn't play like, like four years in college. But, okay. No, he was a he was a stud, man. He was he was definitely like a really good player for us. That's awesome because I don't know, man. For whatever reason, that memory just blazed into my mind. But uh, yeah, I had a couple yeah. a couple of the particulars are wrong, but I do remember Zach Mercer. But yeah, we played we played Elkins. Uh, you know those guys. A couple of those guys I, I went to college with that yeah. you know went to Elkins. Uh, I don't know if you know Kurt Lawson. He does the FCA oh yeah the FCA stuff. yeah yeah absolutely. yeah. He was on that Elkins team yep. and uh, he was my one of my really good friends. His roommate in college, they they walked on well. Kurt got a scholarship, but uh, my yeah. buddy walked on at Texas State or Southwest Texas, and yeah. um, he they were roommates, so it was pretty cool when I met him. Um, yeah, uh, and one other thing I wanted to bring up that I, you know, uh, you I know a guy who's a good friend of yours that actually went to Fort Ben Austin with me. I know Justin Williams, you know, was yes. a good friend of yours. He was, I uh, was he, I think, one year ahead of me um, mm -hmm. at Austin. So just how did you how did you get to know someone so far on the other side of the district or other side of the city <laughs> yeah man like so we went to he we went to texas state together uh, Through texas state, and okay. yeah yeah we met at texas state uh we worked together that's how we met mm -hmm. and uh man we just kind of clicked we kind of have a lot of same things in common we're, yeah. we're both packers fans and yeah both rockets and astros and stuff like that so we just kind of immediately clicked and been friends ever since we just actually went on vacation together just got that's back cool. this, earlier this yeah. week so yeah, man, uh, we talk a lot. We see each other a lot. And uh, he was in my wedding. So awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. When me and you started working together, yeah, I found out like y'all knew each other. <laughs> small world. Yeah. Small world. Oh, I forgot one story. Uh, back one last story on, on Ray, on, uh, excuse me, I'm saying Barry in the lead here on Rayburn came into town and played you guys when you were at Sterling. Yeah. And the quarterback yeah. was our team player alum, Jimmy Hammond, <laughs> another team player alum, just like yourself. Yeah. And so you, you were a junior. And Jimmy, I take it then was a senior quarterback uh, for Rayburn. Yeah dish it nick what, what, what was jimmy <laughs> slinging that thing around the yard or what do you, well, <laughs> do you remember? i don't think man i think the only quarterback in the houston area that was slinging it around was whoever was playing for lee man I, right, everybody was right. kind of you know eye formation play action right. and all that uh the one thing uh it, about that game i remember uh we played them over in pasadena and uh the game either got postponed like in the middle of it or right. like something with the weather yeah and we had to make up the game early in the morning saturday wow. yeah so um it was like like you know you i think we started maybe got a quarter in or if that and then we had to finish it in the morning and so um we had to come back early in the morning there and go play get after it and uh, uh we ended up we beat them like you know i, I remember 
uh, you know, they Jimmy's team wasn't necessarily like that good. We weren't either that year. I think we actually beat them and then we lost like eight straight after that. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we weren't good either. So, right, right. Uh, but it was just funny when we started working together and he said he went to Rayburn. I was like, dude, did you play on that team? And then he remembered the game. He's like, yeah, you know, I, yeah, you know, it was yeah. that early Saturday morning and uh, we kind of laughed about it. But uh, yeah, you know, we, we both know, everybody knows Jimmy in, uh, in Pasadena. Remember we went out to a restaurant, you asked somebody and they were like, yeah, I absolutely know him. <laughs> oh my God. And that's the funny thing, Nick. Like I told you, I've been pre-recording a lot of episodes of the, the Hammond episode has not dropped yet, but on his episode, yeah. we talk about that experience because yes. I always say that Jimmy is the mayor of Pasadena and I put it oh, to the test. Yeah. The first guy I asked knew who he was. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great memory there, Nick. Absolutely. That is Don Keys. That's great Mexican yeah. uh, restaurant out there in Pasadena. If anybody wants to check that out. Um, oh man. Great memory. Yeah. Great, great yeah. memories there. Um, so you, you are a proud uh, Texas state Bobcat fan. I used to love yes. you and our old uh, fellow track coach, uh, Aaron Mossick. You guys would always be going, going at it in the coach's office talking about UH and, and Texas state and, uh, so you, it was Southwest Texas State when you were there, but of course now Texas State University. You said you decided not to continue to play ball. You kind of, you know, you kind of lost the love of it, you know, towards the end of your high school career. So you you, um, you thought about walking on, but you decided, hey, kind of lost the love for it. And you never wanted to be a coach because I always yeah. ask this question. I always ask, and Nick, this is interesting. So I have these awesome head coaches, you know, best coaches in the state, winning awards. So far, only only 32% of my guests stepped onto campus in college knowing they wanted to coach and yeah. so you would fall into the larger group you did not want to coach at first you said that you wanted to be a principal so just kind of tell me about that you know just tell me about your experience at texas state and then what it was that that, that took you off the principal track and brought you back to coaching man so yeah you know i um you know getting ready to graduate high school you know we made the decision to go to southwest texas state uh my position coach who was taken over as head coach uh coach terrabone uh, you know, he talked to me and, and one of my best friends about, you know, do we want to walk on? And he made a call to um, Southwest Texas. And uh, they pretty much at that time were like, hey, if they play at a 4A or 5A school and they're a pretty good athlete, we'll mm -hmm. pretty much take them, you know. And so, you know, we had that opportunity. Uh, right before I graduate, I'm like, you know what, man, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't, you know, I had fun my senior year, great memories, but, you know, it was just time for something else. Yeah. Uh, my best friend at the time, um, Michael Carter, he he walked on the team. And so he played he played four years at uh, um, Southwest Texas or Texas State. Um, I just went as a student and I enjoyed my time there. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I stayed for a long time. <laughs> so uh, hey. I enjoyed it there. And so but as far as going in education, my my parents, my mom and my stepdad are in education. My mom is a teacher in HISD right now. Okay. Um, she worked in our district. Uh, she kind of worked her way up. Very proud of her. She worked her way up. She was secretary when I was in school, went back to school, you know, um, at night and yeah. graduated and um, now awesome. has a master's in counseling. Yeah. So she's in HISD. Uh, my stepdad uh, was a uh, was an admin, a higher up admin. So there was always just education in, in, in my house. Uh, my dad worked at the refineries and, and he was big on education too. So yeah. Um, they just kind of pushed that way, but my parents put kind of, they didn't push me to go towards education, but, um, you know, it was just what you, what, what I knew in my house. So, um, I, any, I didn't know if anything was going to click with me when I was in school, you know, finding a major, but I knew I could, you know, go to education route. And so that's kind of what I, uh, I wanted to be a principal. So I was going to just teach and, 
um, get my master's and become a principal. And, and so when you ask uh, what kind of pushed me the other way, yeah. I always knew fo- football consumed my life in high school. Sure. So yeah. I always knew if I got back into it, it would consume my life again. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, but uh, I couldn't find a job. <laughs> so that was uh, that's kind of how I got into coaching. I couldn't yeah. find a job. Uh, we had we had those job fairs and people yeah. would buy, you know, and, um, you know, bring me in for an interview. I actually I actually interviewed at Hightower for a job um, wow, when okay. I graduated and I didn't get it. Uh, but, you know, getting towards the end of the summer, my uh, best friend, uh, Will, he's he also is no longer with us, but um, he had graduated the year before and he went to coaching school with another buddy of mine and they got jobs. One was, Will was in Grapeland and uh, my buddy Ferris was in uh, Colleen somewhere working. So they were like, hey man, we got this thing, coaching school, it's in Austin this year, man, you should come. That's how we got a job. I was like, all right, man, you know, it was like, you know, just put on some slacks and polo and come. We'll put you in the job room, job, you know, the little job board room, whatever, you know, yep, how, you know yep, what it yep. is. And so, um, so I got dressed. I went to the convention center and met my friend there. Uh, Will got me all set up. And like, I, I was there for like 20 minutes. I got a job within 20 minutes. Yeah. And, um, football was starting in a week uh, and I got a job at Palestine High School and I had a week to move from San Marcos to Palestine and, and like started working that next week, man. I was, it was crazy. Things just kind of happened for me really fast. So were you able to, I guess you just missed Adrian Peterson or? Yeah. So my, uh, when I got there, my seniors were freshmen when he was a senior. Okay. So the coaching staff, um, some of those guys had coached him when he right, was okay. there. And, uh, but my seniors, they were all freshmen then. And so they had all these great stories about him. Yeah. Um, and they could tell, you know, tell you a lot of good stuff about him. Uh, but that was one of the things I asked when I was getting a job. Like a guy was like, hey, man, um, I work at Palestine High School. Uh, shout out to Glenn Tumstall. You know, I wouldn't be coaching if he didn't give me a job. Uh, yeah. But he was like, uh, he said, Palestine High. And I go, isn't that where Adrian Peterson went? And he was like, yeah. You know, I was like, yeah. all right. I, I asked him uh, how close to Grapevine was uh, Palestine because my buddy worked there. And he said about 20 minutes. And I was like, all right, sign me up, man. <laughs> so yeah. that's how I got into coaching. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And you know, it's, it's funny. I've had a couple of small brushes of fame. One, one day I was running at the track at Heights High School, the old Reagan High School. Mm-hmm. And I swear to you, AP was on the track running too. I know yeah. it was him. I know it was him. I, I was like, I thought about talking to him. I was like, man, he's doing a workout. Like I respect his grind, you know, mm-hmm. and his hustle. And so like, I, I didn't, I didn't, but I knew it was him, you know? Yeah. And I also, when I used to live in Shadow Creek Ranch, when I was coaching Ridgepoint, I saw JJ Watt in HEB one time. Yeah. And the thing that struck me about both of those two guys, and I, this may sound crazy, but they're, they weren't as big as I thought. And I, what I mean mm-hmm. is that they, they were taller and like lengthier than I thought, but not as like bulky. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like these guys are incredible athletes. They're not just muscled up. You know what I mean? Like, cause they, they have incredible quickness and agility and they have the ability to pack on muscle and take it off. But like, when I saw them at those particular points, man, these guys are just like lean and slender. You know, but that, yeah. that, that's what I took away from it. But this is really cool to have see like such high level athletes up close like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's Adrian Peterson's pulled up to like attract me when I was at Ridgepoint. And yeah, before, when, it, when somebody was like, oh, there's Adrian Peterson, like the crowd swarmed him. But you could see when he when he walked up, you can see him like, oh, he's you know, he he he's just a, a high elite athlete. He's yes. not rocked yeah. up like he's not super huge. Exactly. But he's like you can tell like he's on a different level than everyone no else. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, the, hey, one thing I wanted to bring up, you know, when, when you talked about that, you, you know, you just decided you didn't want to keep, you didn't want to continue playing football. You're ready to become a student. Katie Kilgore on her episode, she's the district coach of the year, softball coach of the year out of Travis high school in Fort Bend. Mm-hmm. She had the exact same thing. And she kind of on the show, she gave the advice to parents because, you know, parents like spend a lot of maybe not so much in football for us, but like in softball, they spend a lot of money on travel, softball and this, that. And so sometimes I think maybe parents can pressure kids to keep playing. And she mm-hmm. said the best thing that, that her parents ever gave to her was allowing her when she said, mom, dad, I'm, I'm done. You know, I, I, I don't have it anymore. Where I want to wake up and go to 6am workouts. Like I, I want to be a student. And she said, had her parents not allowed her to do that, like your parents did too, and not pressure you to keep playing. She wouldn't be where she's at today, mm-hmm. which is a district coach of the year. You know, yeah, you're absolutely. the head track coach at George ranch. You see my point being, you don't have to keep playing collegiately to become an excellent coach. You, you know what I mean? Since I, I just, I want anyone listening to this and maybe is younger. Don't feel that pressure that, Oh, I have to, I have to play here. I have to do this to, to if I want to coach you, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, like so yeah. anyway, but I wanted to point that out. So any, any thoughts on thoughts on that you'd like to add in? Yeah, man. Um, now that I'm a parent too, like I, I I'm, I'm actually really glad I have a girl. I'm a proud girl dad. Yeah. Um, I I'm glad I'm not going to have to like coach her in anything, you know, maybe track, but Right. Um, hopefully by the time she's there, like I, like somebody else will coach her, you know, like I just want to be in the stands and just be happy that she's out there, you know, doing whatever it is that she's doing, you know, but, um, you know, some of the, some of the, some advice I would give a parent is, um, you know, you, you're, you're invested in your kid, obviously, but, you know, allow them to just be a kid playing the sport, you know, because once you start putting the pressure on them, it becomes, not as much fun for them and it becomes more of like a job for them and um you know they started playing because they were having fun doing it and I think you know the first thing when you see your kid you know you just give them a hug and give them a kiss and say you know good job you know and just let them know how much yeah. you enjoy watching them do whatever it is they do and then maybe later on if you want to talk about any particulars talk about them but I think initially just kind of you know be a parent and yeah. say good job and and say I'm proud of you and I enjoyed watching you do mm-hmm. what it is you do play on the field or uh, yeah. you know play basketball whatever it is um you know because a lot of times like you know we see it you know the parents are really invested mm-hmm. and they're not coming from a bad place you know but right. they're really invested right. in in their mind I'm investing a lot of money I want right. to see some kind of results from it sure. and they think the scholarship is the results well a lot of times the results are how that kid is maturing as a young woman or a young male mm-hmm. you know and the lessons that they're learning being a part of a team and those are things that are invaluable you know um we see the scholarship but i think it's the other aspect that yeah. what they get more out of than the actual scholarship part yeah amen absolutely now let now you know you, you had the quick turnaround into coaching where you had you know the, the 10 days to move or whatever you know so you, you quickly yeah. you quickly go to palestine so as we go through your coaching resume i want to just Kind of, I want to start with just pre-Ridgepoint where, where I met you. So mm-hmm. your, your, yeah. your stops pre-Ridgepoint was Palestine, South, o- South Oak Cliff, and Pflugerville Conley. So just you don't have to go into huge detail on each one, but just from that initial portion, your early portion of your career, anything you want to – anything, any funny stories or, or, or wisdom that, that you picked up along the way there? Yeah, man. Uh, Palestine, man, I was there for a year. Um, some of the nicest people in the world live in yeah. Palestine, Texas, man. East yeah. Texas is great. Um, but you know, anybody who's been there or lived there, uh, when you leave San Marcos, Texas, and you move to Palestine, Texas, it's, it's going to be a tough adjustment. So, uh, it it was, it was tough living there. 
uh, everyone was super nice, but after a year I was going to move on. But um, I learned a lot uh, working there. Um, guys kind of, I did a lot of grunt work, you know, um, when we talk about being a young coach, you guys sometimes don't have to do that grunt work. I, I had to do grunt work. My job, my responsibility on Friday night um, and on the weekend was to handle all the video and do all the trade tapes and make all the um, tapes for the uh, for the coaches. So, you know, D-line coach, um, he wants, after the game, he wants the uh, tight and end zone. Well, the receiver coach wants the wide yeah, yeah. and the OC wants all three. <laughs> yep. And then the D-line coach, he wants the tight and the end zone, you know. Um, and so I had my job to make every single coach, varsity coach, their tape. So I'm there till sometimes four in the morning after a game uh, yeah. to make yeah. those tapes. Cause it's not like now where we have huddle, you know, right, we had to right. make tapes and yeah. stuff. So um, I did a lot of that grunt work and I did it for the first uh, five years of my career. I was doing that kind of stuff um, at Palestine and then at South Oak Cliff. So, um, Hey Nick, you know, one funny thing, just another little funny Twitter meme I saw that only the coaches listening are going to get this like back in the day, it was like a, a meme of like two guys kind of like looking shady, exchanging something. And it's like, yes. Hey, you got the tapes? Like that, that's kind of yeah. I remember. Yeah, I had, you have to drive out to some predetermined yeah. location. Like I remember going to uh, Galena Park Stadium one time to trade up a coach, mm -hmm. and I'm just we're just in this parking lot where the only two people there yeah. like handing these tapes off. It's just yeah, dude. I, I got uh I got in trouble for being late at South Oak Cliff, mm -hmm. and uh, Coach Gilbert, uh, who's at UT right now, Coach Gilbert, like. Thank God he didn't fire me because I was yeah. I wasn't ready to to I wasn't a really good professional at this particular point. But uh, he he got mad at me for being late and he gave me these tapes and he said you're gonna go such and such you're gonna go to this location in Dallas and meet this person yeah. and uh, trade these tapes. I was like all right I jump in my car immediately and go because I'm trying to save my job here. Right. And I did the exact same thing you're talking about like me and this guy see this guy like he looks like he's a coach. Right. And then are you from such and such? He's like yeah. I'm like I got the tapes. You got the tapes. And we exchange. I'm back back on the road trying to hurry up and get to South to Sox so I can uh, right, get those. Right, right. Um, but yeah, man, you know, Palestine was great. Uh, South Oak Cliff is where um, I, where I became, where I think I became like Coach O, like what mm -hmm. what you know and what. Mm -hmm. So, um, I had really good mentors there, uh, guys that are like my big brothers. Uh, three guys that are like mentors to me, uh, really take me under their wing and um, show me what it was like, what it is to be a coach, and uh, what it is to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, they saved my career. You know, honestly. Um, Spencer Gilbert, he's the head coach at Carter right now. I was I was messing up. I was a young guy, you know, still thinking I was in college and stuff. Yeah, and sure. He had to pull me aside and was like, "Hey, man, you know, you're gonna get fired if you don't change." <laughs> right, so right. he uh, he was like, "Come with me. Let me show you how I break down film, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna be with me. I'm gonna keep you out of trouble." And, and he right. did for 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 those two years I was with yeah. him, and uh, they moved on. Um, Chris Gilbert, like he, I mean there's no coach O without him giving me a job there. And I, I still call him to this day when I have an issue or I need to talk to somebody and, and he's always been great. He's big time now, but he, he's, he answers all my texts. He answers all my calls and, and talks to me whenever. Um, but just learning how to, to watching him as a younger guy, cause he wasn't even, I think he was just turning 30 when he was the head coach mm -hmm. at And he just his discipline and how he commanded respect and how those kids respected him. And um, he was real big on discipline and, 
I, was, I say this to my kids now, you know, doing what you're coached to do, how you're coached to do it every time you do it. That's something that he would preach to those kids. And um, it's something that I, I, like I said, I use to this day because I learned that from him. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, Coach Gilbert ended up leaving and probably one of the best things that happened for me, he looked out for me. The next guy that got the job was uh, Kendall Miller. And he told him about me and told him to take, take care of me. And mm-hmm. um, Kendall came and uh, Kendall, you know, was like, hey, man, what are your plans, you know, for next year? I was like, well, I don't really have any plans because I didn't know. I'd never been through a coaching change. Right. And I was like, well, I was supposed to be the running backs coach. And he goes, well, that's one thing for you. And I go, okay, well, I guess I'm staying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how, um, but for him, with him, I learned um, in, in the inner city, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if you know this, but um, you don't have as many coaches as you do out in the suburbs. And mm-hmm. so resources are limited. So the big thing that he taught, he told me was like, hey, man, you're the running backs coach, but you're also our second O-line coach. And, um, yeah. you know, you have to know the, the, the O-line play. And so um, if you don't, if, if something happens, you got to go over there and coach those guys. Right. So I had to go learn um, inside all. I had to go uh-huh. watch inside yep. all and yep. learn what the O-line was oh, doing. Yeah. And, and it made me like a better coach Absolutely. because I, I knew the, I knew that the receiver stuff and I knew the, you know, that, that stuff, but I didn't know the in the trenches play. And um, that's what, that's what I, you know, that was like the best thing for my career was learning that because now, I know like both sides, like, like I said, man, if there, I mentioned it, you know, sock one state last year and um, it's tough to coach there. So, you know, coach Todd and his staff, I don't know him, uh, but I know what it's like to coach there. And, and um, they did a great job last Absolutely. year. I was so proud to, to watch that on TV yeah. and um, you know, shout out to those guys. Um, but there is no coach O without South Oak Cliff. Like yeah. there's, there's no me, like the, everyone in that building from the principal to the principal secretary to you know, the counselors, they all like looked after me and made, made sure that I was okay and took care of me and all that stuff. So yeah. um, I just remember the family atmosphere and that's what I um, also got at Ridgepoint was, yeah. was a family. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I, you know, that year in between going to Conley and then going to Ridgepoint, that's what I was missing um, was that family yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, no. And I, this is the part that I really want to talk about as we come up to the Ridgepoint portion and, you know, we're, we're actually taping, this is going to be released in September, but we're taping this July 15th. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to have a Ridgepoint coaches get together at coaching school. I'm just so yeah. looking forward to that. You know, we're, we yeah. still have like a text, you know, we still keep in touch and everything. So, yeah, you're right about Ridgepoint. So I, I want to hear from you. Just you got there and you were able to you stayed, you know, beyond when I when I left and had an incredible run all the way to the mm-hmm. state semifinals. So just what are some of your memories as you look back on that that special time with Ridgepoint that you'd like to recognize? Yeah, man. Um, so I got there. I wanted the first varsity season. So mm-hmm. the third year of the school was open. Yeah. And what I remember is that the school wasn't as big as it is now. So, yep. and, um, and Siena wasn't as big as it yeah. is now. Like yeah. you yeah, couldn't go. I think, I think Ridgepoint was like, I think you can go like, a, like another block or so past Ridgepoint. And that was, Sienna was over like you got to turn around our old practice field man it looks completely different now (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah and so uh, I just remember it being so small and everyone knowing each other right and everyone like kind of helping out and um it was like you know this is weird like as a teacher this is the first time I've been in a building when the bell rung no one is in the hallway like shout out Tammy Edwards shout out Tammy Tammy Edwards (laughs) she is the best yeah the best yes she emphasized that yeah and uh another thing that really like and it's like not anything to do with football it was just like 
if there's trash on the ground, you picked it up, you know, right. like, you know, right. she always preached, take care of your school. So, you know, you'd see something on the ground and a kid would pick it up or, you know, an adult would pick it up, you know, it, it wasn't a custodian. It would be just some person like that saw it and like, we're taking care of our school. This is our school. We're taking yeah. care of it yeah. and you pick it up. You know, those are things I remember, but um, on the football field, man, I just remember like, again, us being like a really close knit um, yeah. group, you know, I say group because I'm including the players and the coaches, you know, like yeah. coach yeah. Snippen mentioned those um, coaches gatherings after games. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those were really cool. Me and my now wife at the time yeah. we weren't married, like yeah. she enjoyed it and she, you know, enjoyed getting together with um, coach Darnell's wife, Carly and yeah. Toby and, and uh, like, you know, and Jimmy's wife, um, yeah. they, they were all like, everybody was super close. Yep. You know, and so I remember that the kids were awesome. We had a great yeah. group of kids. Incredible. Uh, I still talk to a lot of those guys yeah. to this day. Uh, they, they, you know, they were great. Like they, you know, made, made coaching fun. Like I felt, yeah. I didn't feel like I was going to work when I was working there. Exactly. So. Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, Ridgepoint, you, you know, I had the extreme success and then you know, before, before George ranch, you also had stops at Brazoswood and a leaf Taylor. So let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's, a couple of those two together anything you wanted to share from from those those uh those two stops yeah yeah i um i told somebody this recently um uh the most fun i've had in the last five or six years as a coach was at brazoswood high school okay. um, coaching coaching track yeah you know brazoswood isn't you know sure. um, they haven't had a lot of success sure. uh you know in the last few years but that year and um Speaking about, I'm just talking track wise because yeah, football wise, yeah, we yeah. weren't very good. But I did meet like some really good people there. But um, the, the head, I wasn't the head track coach there. I was just an assistant. So I got yeah. back to just coaching track and not having to worry yeah. about all the stuff you worry about right. as a head coach. And uh, my the head coach was like, hey, man, um, I, I want you to coach this kid that we have. Um, he He's going to be a sophomore. Uh, he, he ran like a 51 as a freshman, which is good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, he can be really good if you work with him, you know, and he's going to run the 800 for you. I was like, all right, cool. So I meet this kid and um, I say kid, but he's like six, four. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I realized really fast that like really quick that he can run a little bit. And he just was, he would just soak everything up that I would say to him. And mm-hmm. um, his first meet, we, when he runs the 800, he runs like a 206, which is decent yeah. time. Well, the next meet he runs a 159. Wow. Really good. <laughs> yeah. And then and then the next meet he runs like 156, which wow. now yeah. I'm having to have conversations with his parents, like, hey, he's running some really good times for his age. Yeah. Um, you know, fat the next week after that, he's at 152. Oh my and God. so yeah. it's like, I'm like, wait, I have an elite kid now. And yeah. um we end up going to the state meet and he wins the state championship That's as a awesome, sophomore. Man. Yeah, uh, running 151. Uh, so you know his name is Sam Whitmarsh. He's just finished his freshman year at A and M. Wow. And so you just never know what's going to happen. God puts you in places uh, for a reason, and you just never know. I, I got to Brazoswood and uh, met this kid and worked with him, and he ends up winning the state championship. As you know, and so that was like cool. Like I've only had um, at that point only one other kid had won state while I was coaching him, and I wasn't really like his you know, direct coach. And I was like Cameron Burrell. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but I wasn't, like you said, I, uh, coach Mossick was his coach. Right. I right. wasn't necessarily his coach. So this kid was like my first kid that I was directly coaching that won a state championship. Oh, you know what? And I, I should back up a step. At Ridgepoint, we kind of mainly talked about the football, but I, I, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to your, your track contribution too. So let, yeah. 
stick around. If you're listening right now, at the end of the show, uh, Coach Coach O is going to give his top five all-time Ridgepoint skill kids. So you're going to get yeah. that. So don't go nowhere. <laughs> but just talk a little bit about your, your the track. Also, you, you know, yeah, phenomenal experiences there for Ridgepoint. Yeah, we had we had a good run there, man. Um, Cameron obviously started it off mm-hmm. uh, when I got there. He won state, and uh, what I remember about him is he was really humble. Uh, he 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 his goal at the beginning of the year, what he told us was he wanted to get two relays to state, you know, yeah. nothing about, you know, I want to win the hundred or long jump. It was, I want to get two relays to state, you know, I want to win, I want to get the four by one and the four by four. And so, um, he, you know, we ended up getting both relays to state along with him running the hundred and long jumping in. And, and uh, we had a really good year that year, the following year, his brother, Josh, yeah, um, who played football for us, yeah, he had an incredible year throwing the shot in the disc. And yeah. He got to state, yeah, uh, and got second in both, I believe, um, there. Um, but we also got a four by four back to to state, yeah. And then the following year, which was 2015, we got our four by four back there for the third straight year. So yeah. the first two years we were there, we were fourth, um, both years. And so the, the goal was to get on the stand and we ended up getting second that year. Yeah. And uh, that was just a really good year. Forbin Marshall, shout out to Coach Banks. Like Absolutely. they had a really good squad over there. Yeah. And so it was just, a, you know, two teams from the same district going yeah. back and forth, yeah. you know, every, every meet. And we got there and got to, got second overall. And um, what I remember is the one key person on all those relays was uh, Deontay Ford. He yeah. was on all three of those relays. Yep. And so, I mean, all three years, he was on all three of those relays. And uh, he was our, like, kind of like our rock. He was just, you know, there all three years. Um, when we lost Cameron, we got Bryce. Bryce transferred in yeah. um, his junior and senior year. So we got Bryce Deadman, who, you know, everyone knows was on the 4 by 4 at the Olympics yep. last year. That's right. So um, we got him. And uh, funny story, not funny. Uh, he wouldn't tell you it's funny, but uh, – he has a little adversity. Uh, if you hear him tell his story, he'll tell you about adversity he had at AM. But he had some adversity his senior year. He uh-huh. had like a, a injury. Yeah. And um, so he didn't run for the majority of the year his senior year. We got him back like right before the district. And he's running uh, the open four. And as he's about to cross the line, he was coming in second. And at the time, we didn't have an area meet. So it was only top two going to regionals. He kind of stumbles. And the kid from Elkins, I believe, passes him up. Oh, yeah. and so he uh he got third at district which means he was done wow uh, and so yeah. it ended up being a blessing in disguise for us because he was still bought his ankle was still bothering him yeah. you know um from the injury and so he was only having to focus on one race and yeah. that helped us get him you know keep him fresh and keep got got to state that in the four by four that year yeah and then shout out to mike michael obi mike obi you know you probably remember him from football but yeah. he's a podcast oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a podcaster, the Four Insight Podcast. If anyone listens to my podcast, please put that in your queue as well. Mike is a guy that got me into podcasting. I, I would always okay. listen to his show. He had me come on one time, and I listened to a, a show of Jay Fan, which is another name Ridgepoint fans might recognize. And Jay is like starting his own uh, videography business, and he's just yes. so disciplined with it, and he does such a great job. And I was like, you know what? I've always been talking about doing this coaching podcast, but I just always put it off. I was like, yeah, just get off my blazy butt and just do it. Yeah, and here we absolutely. are, twenty nine episodes later. So the shout out to those guys. But uh, there is an episode where Bryce Deadman came on to Mike Obi's show, and it's pretty cool. Okay, you guys talk about his experience. So yeah, we can definitely reach out to Obi and, and get that episode, Coach. I think you'd you'd enjoy it. And just just think back about Cameron Burrell. You know, this brings back a lot of memories. And you know, unfortunately, you know, we lost Cameron. And I just I just remember him being in my class. And he, I don't know if you ever had him in class, but he was that kid that 
sat right in the front seat, right in the very middle. He picked mm-hmm. the, the front seat in the very middle and he sat there and he was just, he was just awesome, you know? And uh, he just was awesome. And he just was such a, a professional, you know, of everything that he did. So just want to give him a shout out and uh, rest in peace, Cameron. And we, we miss you. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Like I, um, I learned more from him than yeah. I ever like taught him as a, you know, on the track, I learned a lot in that first year, just watching him go about his business, mm-hmm. watching him prepare and the kids, you know, they respected him so much that they all, you know, paid attention to how he went about everything and, yep. and yep. emulated it. You know, if we were doing 45 second runs, they wanted to run with them because they felt like he was going to pull them around the track. So yep. um, he, he, he was great. He was a great leader. Um, he wasn't like that rah-rah guy, you know, but he, right, he, just, right. he was very professional about what he did yep. and um, which kind of trickled down even after he left, because a lot of, a lot of the compliments we would get about our kids was, you know, they're very professional about what they're, you know, about them warming up and how they go about getting ready for a race. And that's like them watching him and kind of trickling down to them. Um, but, he, you know, even when he left and even after Bryson, Deontay and, and Jamil and David Packer and all those guys uh, yeah, left yeah. Um, in 2015, um, we still had some success. And there's guys that are running still that I had at Rich Point. Um, Webster Slaughter runs at Lamar. Um, uh, huh. the, the son of the Oilers receiver? Yeah. I, I think yeah. I didn't even – I guess, I, you know, I was gone by that point. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, he ran for me. Uh, he graduated 2017. Okay. And uh, – and and he he runs at Lamar, and we got kids running everywhere. Uh, yeah. You know, kids running at um, Justin Gerbeck ran at UTSA. Yeah, hurdler. Yeah, yep. yeah, he he was a really good uh, hurdler for us back in those days. And uh, Byron Daniels runs at uh, PV at Prairie View. So you know, we have some guys that are kind of all over the place that ran for us, and really proud of those guys. And so yeah, you know, the track kind of those guys. I tell them. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now um, as head coach of George Ranch without, you know, those guys, because, you know, if they didn't have success, then I wouldn't be able to put my name in the hat for a job like George Ranch. Sure. Sure. Okay. So you, you talked about the B wood, you, you, you were able to get a state champ. You had a great time there. Uh, did you want to add anything on a leaf Taylor or do, or, or do you want to go ahead and talk start George Ranch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those kids at Ellie Taylor, man, they were great. Yeah. Like um, it's a different situation. It's more similar to, to South Oak cliff than it is, mm-hmm. Um, a rich point uh, right. but those kids what I've learned and what I learned from coach Gilbert um, same thing those kids all want to they want consistency from their coach mm-hmm. they all want um, to know that you care about them and if you they know you care about them they'll go through a wall they'll run through a brick wall for you and uh, unfortunately my year at Ailey Taylor was the COVID year so right. I was only yeah. there from to March you know and yes. so yeah. um, you know a lot of talent at Ailey Taylor and uh, those guys over there do a really good job of, of, of coaching those kids and showing them that they care and going above and beyond. So uh, those guys that are there, Coach Fernandez is the head track coach there. He does an absolute great job coaching those guys. And Coach Akunu is the defense coordinator over there. And he's an A-League Taylor alum. You should probably Doc. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is uh, he is amazing. Like, he's, he's going to be a head coach, yes. hopefully, at A-League Taylor if that job ever opens up, uh, he just pours into those kids and yeah. it, those kids really respond to him. And so, um, you know, and then a guy that uh, I worked with at Rich Point, Coach Smith, Will Smith is there. I think he came right after you left. So okay. um, it was cool going over there because I kind of knew those guys already and, um, and were in 
good time working there. We still talk to, we still talk and hang out and do stuff like that. So, so now, now that you're at George Ranch, and again, you're you're, you're the head track coach. You know, a team. Uh, we were talking before the show. Uh, you know, Todd Dutch. You know, was your predecessor, a uh, guy mm-hmm. that ran at Ohio State. And, you know, his wife Alicia is also an excellent coach uh, there on the girls' side. Yeah. So. What was it like kind of coming into what I, you know, I would call it another heavy hitting established kind of program? Like, what was it like to, to step into, into that situation? Yeah. So, you know, I've known Todd for a while. Like we um, coached against each other, obviously at Ridgepoint mm-hmm. George Ranch. But um, I don't know if you know, me and Alicia went to Texas State together. That's right. That, that yes. is, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I've known Alicia for almost 20 years now. That's awesome. And so, um, you know, when the job came open, you know, she told me about it and I definitely – was interested and applied and and um the success that you know we've had in those last two years it's because that you know we work really well together um the programs are pretty much married um you know a lot of schools like you know you have your boys program you have girls program at george ranch we have we definitely have a boys and girls but we're married we're one big program and that's because of um you know how alicia and todd ran it before i got there and that's something that was important to me to continue um where we have can, can you speak to that a little bit in case you know we do have track specific coaches that are listening to yeah. this. we don't do a lot of x's and o's or, or two you know most of this is more just telling about your story but just that interests me yeah as far as yeah so what advantages are you seeing by constructing it that way all right so we have um between our track staff there's nine of us um and so um we have a wheelchair we have two wheelchair athletes this mm-hmm. year we have we had two years we'll have two this year so we have an extra coach for that so we have nine coaches and um we're able to cover all of our events with those nine coaches if it was just me on on the boys side it would be me and three other guys right and so really for um those everything i mean it's it's possible to do but it's really hard to do um i'll go back to when i was at conley the programs were separated and so what we had to do was we had to practice in the morning, the running part. And, you know, I'll take middle distance. One guy would take sprints. Another guy would take hurdles. Um, and then we'd have to come back in the afternoon and do field events. So then I would do high jump. Another guy would do the vertical jumps. Another guy did horizontal wow. jumps. And the other guy did the throws. So it's possible, but you're, you're kind of What's more common? Because would you say would you say that, that uh, doing it together is more common and what Connolly did is a little more rare? Or is it, how, what have you seen across the, the city? A lot of the really good programs, they are together. Gotcha. Um, yeah. They they do it together just because, sense. again, you can, you know, like, you know, if I, if you, if you're on staff and you're, you're good at the throws, then you should coach all of the throws. Absolutely. And that way totally we can agree. use a coach somewhere else. And so we're able to, at George Ranch, to do, a re- we do a really good job of having all of our events uh, covered by our coaches. We have some really good assistant coaches and, um, and we we make it work because we have a lot of kids out on the track like yeah uh, between the two programs there's like 200 kids that that are on the track so we kind of have to you know make it work with those nine coaches and uh and 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 we cover everything we do we do a pretty good job of doing that and so this part of the show i, I typically ask you know advice because i want parents to listen to this podcast i don't want it to just be coaches that listen and you kind of addressed it already as far as what, what parents should be doing is is just letting the kid be the a kid and you be a parent, right? Not pressuring yeah. them, you know, but I also want to talk about, cause you're a recruiting coordinator, you're the recruiting mm-hmm. coordinator. And so that, that's another unique aspect, you know, and I feel like when I, when I listen to coaching podcasts and I know a bunch of coaches, I still keep in touch. Like, I feel like amongst some camps of, of, of parents or kids, there's that feeling of like D one or bust, 
You know, everybody wants to have that signing day moment or, you know, they mm-hmm. want to be able to put on their Twitter, like, you know, I'm proud to announce that I commit to wherever, wherever. Yeah. Do, I guess my question is like, are you seeing that trend where, you know, you are having athletes like kind of turning their nose up at a Juco opportunity or D3 opportunity mm-hmm. or things of that nature. And the reason I ask is, you know, Quisha Dickerson, who's the head girls basketball coach at Fort Ben Austin. She's a team player alum. She just sang the praises of the Juco experience. Yeah. So did Jennifer Salazar, another one of my guests. Yeah. She's head girls basketball at Pasadena Memorial. And so I guess, I guess that's my question for you, coach. Does you deal with recruiting in your position? Are you seeing mm-hmm. that trend amongst some of the students? And then how do you combat that? Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a trend right now. It's like, you know, the D1 or bus. And I sure. think part of it is you only see those schools on TV and stuff like that. So right. um, those are the schools that, you know, kids see and they want to go and, and they have the most resources and things like that. But everyone is not a D1 athlete. Mm-hmm. I think another, um, I think one factor that people aren't factoring in as they go through this process is that COVID is kind of um, not, I don't want to say messed it up, but COVID has limited um, a lot of the um, opportunities for these kids to go D1 because these kids in college, they were affected too. And so they're getting these extra years. So there's not as many, you know, and then with the new transfer rules, um, it, you know, a kid can just transfer. So as a college coach, you know, they're like, hey, do I recruit this high school kid where I don't know if they can handle it, you know, being in college, mm-hmm. or I take this kid that has, you know, four years eligibility left right and they've been in college and i know that they have uh you know they have a 3.0 gpa i know they can handle sure. college work sure. and it's kind of you know pushing kids that would normally go d1 they're having to go to um you know smaller d1s or they're having to go to a d2 and then which also is now the trickle down effect d2 right. kids are not going to d3s and d3s kids are having to go naia and mm-hmm. um it's just kind of you know, trickle down sure, effect. But sure. the JUCO thing is a lot of kids, I don't think, realize how good of a situation a JUCO can be. I think yeah. uh, the issue is when you go visit a JUCO, a lot of them are in the kind of middle of nowhere. Sure, <laughs> so sure, sure. It's yeah. not, if you go to, if you go to, you know, University of Texas and you go to Austin and you see yeah. the city of Austin and then you go to um, Blinn and you're in, yeah. uh, you know, Brenham, Texas, and, sure, you know, they sure. don't compare, you know, but what a kid that is a qualifier the advantage they have is like in football they can go to that juco for a semester and um you know you know they'll probably show up in july you know get ready for their season have a really good season and then december you know they're packing their stuff up to go to their next place if they do it right you know if they play if they play well and they can get re-recruited and and they can end up at that d1 spot because you know, you tell kids it's not where you start, it's where you finish, you know? Right, I mean? right. Um, so, you know, JUCO can be a really good resource for some of these kids. Um, I push some of my kids in track to go JUCO because even if they're qualifier, because, you know, you may have dropped a 48 or 47 and a four, but, you know, some of these schools just don't have the money this year. So if you go to right. this JUCO and he can get you down to a 46, now people are going to come with even more money for you for track. Right. And, now you're where you really want it to be. So um, it, it, it's, it's kind of a game. And um, sometimes you have to bet on yourself. And sometimes you have to realize, you know, hey, I'm, I'm starting here, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish up over here. You know, um, at, at uh, Ridgepoint, um, there was a kid, uh, Drake Johnson. He uh, went to Mary Harden Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's class of 2020, I believe. Uh, right. But he went to Mary Harden Baylor. 
he played two years there, or he might be class. I'm sorry, he's class of 2019. I'm sorry. Uh, he went to Mary Arm Valley, played two years there, and then transferred to Texas State. And he's on that team, and he's playing, and he's going to finish up playing Division One football. But yeah. he played his first two years at Mary Hardin Baylor, and I mean, I know that because he went to my school. But right, um, right, right. You know, yeah. Um, but he's a kid. I think about when when you ask that question, like you know, it's not where you start; it's kind of where you finish. Absolutely. Now, as far as you, you've really got a pretty star-studded uh, group of athletes that, that you've coached against. A couple of these I, I can also check off the list because we did it together at recent yeah. point. But uh, you've coached against Des Bryant. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, Jay, Jay Ajayi, uh, is he still with the Dol- Dolphins? He was with the Dolphins. I'm not sure where he's at now. Uh, yeah, not yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, Samaji P. Ryan, there you go, Bengals, yeah. right, at OU. Uh, Ras- Ross Blacklock, Elkins High School, and then mm-hmm. on to uh, TCU, right, mm-hmm. and now Texas. Yep. Uh, Kenneth Murray, the phenomenal Elkins linebacker, yeah. and then on uh, to OU, and he is at – where's he Chargers. at? Chargers. Yep. With the Chargers, yeah. Uh, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, yeah, we were both there for that one from Foster – uh yeah. OU, just uh, a dynamic receiver for the cowboys uh kendall sheffield the star you yeah. know from marshall and also now in the nfl with uh he's, i think he signed with the texans recently okay so I, i'm pretty up. sure um i don't don't yeah nobody get on me about that if i'm wrong but I'm, i yeah. think he did sign with the texans recently and where did recently. kendall go to college I've... uh he started at bama right that's and right. then he finished at ohio state ohio state okay that's right that's right uh deontay mm-hmm. foreman Oh boy, yeah. I remember both Foreman twins in the rain against yes. Texas City in the coldest game I've ever coached in. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, Deontay, of course, University of Texas, and then uh, Houston Texans, and then great, he came in for great uh, for the Titans last year. And the last yeah. one is Rashawn Slater. Yeah. Who obviously a, a top, what is he top almost top ten draft pick I think with the Chargers this year, and you know just a phenomenal offensive and defensive lineman uh, from Clement. So just from, just from those, that group of guys, any particular little funny stories or any, any memories? Yeah. Yeah. So Des Bryant, um, he, my first year coaching at Palestine, mm. uh, we played them in basketball. So I coached against them in basketball Wow. Okay. and uh, they came over to Palestine and um, uh, it was kind of a close game. And so we had to, like, they were up on us at the end. So we had to start fouling, you know, we were already in the bonus. And so we're fouling. And they kept giving him the ball and were fouling him. And I think he hit probably anywhere from eight to 10 straight, just wow. knocking them down and just icing yeah. the game. Yeah. Like we kept, you know, trying to get a button. There's no hack of Dez. You cannot hack Dez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're hacking him and he's, yeah. he's going to the line and yeah. we're screaming and yelling. And he's just, you know, ice water in his veins, just yeah. knocking down free throws. And, um, you know, you hear like, oh, that's Dez Bryant. He's going to Oklahoma State to play football. And then, yeah. then it's Dez Bryant who's at the – boys you know and you're like oh crap yeah. you know that's the same kid that was knocking those free throws down um jay ajai is probably the best kid in high school that i've ever seen yeah. play that i've ever coached against um he ran for like over 300 yards on us where did he go uh, to high school uh he was at frisco liberty i believe okay. okay we played them in the second round of the playoffs and i mean he had like five touchdowns and over 300 yards on us like we couldn't stop him like he he just destroyed us <laughs> and, I mean, I, I saw like beginning of the game, you're like, oh, that's a big old guy playing running back. You know, it's kind of that's what a D1 running back looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had one, too. But I mean, he was a little thicker than than ours. And then his old line was pretty good. And yeah, I mean, they were just running inside zone and counter on us. And, and he was just going going to the house on us. Yeah. Yeah. Even when we would stop him, he'd get like five and then he'd get another five and then he'd get <laughs> seven and he'd get eight. And yeah. then pretty soon he's in the end zone. And it was just like, OK, yeah. Uh, but huh. those other guys, uh, 
you know, uh, I remember Kenneth Murray when we they yeah. beat us. Um, they beat us the year after you left. Right, right. They beat us over at uh, I want to say we were at Mercer. We definitely yeah. were at Mercer. They beat us in that game. It was like a Thursday night game. Right. He had a really good game. Yeah. Um, didn't know he was gonna turn out how he did at right. OU yeah. and yeah. the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, but he he I remember him and um, uh, Slater was really good. Mm-hmm. He he was on that uh, Clements team with uh, Coach Darnell's first year, I believe, over there. Right. And uh, I remember watching him, and he he was pretty defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he'd go over to the offensive line. Yeah. And it just seemed like those guys would run out of gas because they were playing both ways. Yeah. Um, but in the first half, they'd give you everything you wanted. Yeah. And uh, he he was definitely like a kid that stood out. Sure. Um, yeah. So. And then as far as your favorite teams, your your Houston teams guy. I mean, you listed the the Rockets the Astros, but then this one kind of caught my eye. And I didn't remember this about you. I'm sure you told me, you, you talked about it, but the green Bay Packers. So I, oh, yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. Uh, in your honor, I'm wearing the Donald driver Jersey and he's, That's he's a good Jersey from to Milby. have. He's from Milby. I'm a Jersey guy. So I, I had that in your honor, but just how did you tell me, tell us the story about behind the pack you being a Packers yeah. man. Yeah. Real quick. Did you know that he had like a family member at Rich point when we were there? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. He has like a, I want to say it's niece. Um, I had it in class, uh, last name is driver as well, but yeah. Very cool. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, uh, she, she's really sweet kid. I had her in class, uh, but no, man. Um, so around the, around 10, 11, 12 years old, um, the, the, the Oilers moved to, uh, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. so now the Titans. And so, um, you know, you, you know, that's when kind of, I think when kids kind of start identifying with a team, we started getting a lot of Packers games. And um, they were like the first team that I saw that was like just kind of throwing the ball around. You know, Brett right. Favre was yeah. pretty young, and he was just kind of throwing it up to Sterling Sharp. Oh and, yeah. Um, yep. And I like I enjoyed watching watching that. I wasn't a, a big Cowboys fan, and but the Cowboys would always kind of knock them out of the playoffs. You know. Right. Um, uh, but I liked Brett Favre. I thought he was like he, he was the first quarterback that really kind of caught my eye. And, he just kind of had like that, you know, they call him a gunslinger, but yep. uh, he kind of would just let it rip. You know, he didn't care about interceptions. He didn't you yep. know, care, you know, what happened. He just kind of put that ball in there. And I enjoyed watching him throw it up to Sterling Sharp. So I kind of started, you know, paying more attention to them and liking them. And then, you know, the years went by and I'm like, you know, Harv is the goat, you know, and, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> but uh, eventually they, 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 um, they drafted his replacement who right. I really do think is the goat uh, and Aaron yeah. Rodgers. And so uh, we've had really good quarterback play for like the last 30 years. And so like, I, you know, I'm a big, like I said, a big Packers fan and everything that they do, Reggie white, yeah. uh, Dorsey Levins, you know, Edgar Bennett. Um, those guys have been really, they've been pretty, they've had some guys, Charles Woodson. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's, Hearing some of those names, man, I love Edgar Bennett. That great call, yeah, great, great call on Edgar Bennett there. Leroy Butler, I think you mentioned, yeah, those are, they, it brings back my. I'm not a Packers fan, but I just remember those those guys, you know. So yeah, some some great memories there. Um, one time, I actually went to Charles Woodson's like uh, he has a winery out there in California. One okay. time we're out there, I went to it. It was kind of cool. He had his Raiders and, and Packers gear, but um, and then OU for college football. And again, I don't, I don't, I always remember you talking about Texas State quite a bit, but I don't, I, I, don't, I forgot about the OU part, but just what was it about OU that drew you to him? Man, so, you know, when I started coaching, you know, and you, you're kind of looking at college teams and what they do, um, I, I grew up, I didn't say before that, I grew up a big um, 
I was a big Florida fan growing up. Florida okay. Gators. Steve, again, I like putting the ball in the air. Yeah, so Steve yeah, Spurrier yeah. was, you know, that fun and gun stuff. I liked watching that. I didn't like watching the people just run the ball game. Right. I didn't like. I didn't care for Notre Dame and Jordan right, Bennis right. and all that. Like I was a big Steve Spurrier fan, Danny Warfel. Um, you know, yeah. you know those guys, Ike Hilliard, and you yeah. know those receivers that they had. Jacquez Green. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Those that you know those guys were really good. So um, when um, Coach Stoops was their DC and he got that OU job. So I was like, okay, I'll start rooting for those guys, you know. And yeah. then they were throwing the ball around with Mike Leach. And then, um, you know, all the guys that they had after that, like their offense was just fun for me to, to watch. Like it was just fun to watch. And so even after those guys kind of left, he'd bring in new guys. To me, like they always were in like, they can go from like 11 personnel to 21 personnel and still do the same things, you know, mm-hmm. and still put up points. And, um, you know, even if they're in 21 personnel, they're still throwing the ball around or, you know, they, their identity may be, you know, hey, I'm a more 11 personnel, but I can still move this guy around and still run power and run right. counter and do all those things. So I just liked watching their offense a lot and um, just kind of took to them and, yeah. you know, kind of started rooting for those guys a little more than rooting for, you know, the UT or a Yeah, or yeah. Like that. But now, now, if they ever play my Texas State Bobcats, I'm definitely wearing maroon and gold. There we go. Texas State. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, okay, we're, yeah. we're getting to the start bench cut segment. This is everybody's favorite part of the show. Start bench mm-hmm. cut, as always, is brought to us by our good friends at the MVP Marketing Group, a turnkey marketing solution for schools. Basically, what they do is they're going to go in, and if you want to try to attract like businesses in your area to, to get uh, generate revenue for your athletic department, this is where Mike Vogler, the CEO, can help you at MVP Marketing Group. He can create all that content for you, reach out to those sponsors. So if, if you're interested in that, his contact info is in my show notes. You can give him a call, see if it's a good fit. If, if you do want to move forward, he'll give you a team player podcast discount. So just something for you to consider. Now, here we go, Coach. All right, it's time. It's time for our start bench cut segment. We always have a lot of fun at these. I always give some really tough questions to my guests. Yeah. Let, let's start with a Clutch City edition. Let's go back gotcha. first. Let's start in the front court with the big men. Start bench cut, Dream, Elijah one, you know, Yao Ming, Dwight Howard. Got to start one, bench one, and cut one. Hakeem Elijah yeah. one, Yao Ming, Dwight Howard. That, that, that's a little easier for me than you okay. think. Uh, we're going to start Dream, obviously. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, Dream is Dream. Like, yeah. you know, you, there's no, you know, nobody likes rocks without mentioning Dream. Sure. Uh, and then I'm going to uh, bench Yao Ming and I'm going to okay. cut Dwight Howard. Yeah, okay, so yeah, just I mean, you're the second person I've had this question, and, and both people have cut Dwight Howard about much hesitation. So tell yeah. me why. What is it about Dwight? The, the... Man, I so I don't. I it's not. I don't. It's not that I dislike Dwight. Sure. Um, I think he. I I'm one of those guys who kind of think he um, kind of got a raw deal at the end there uh-huh. for, for the Rockets. You know, I think he uh, he was doing everything he was supposed to do. Uh, I think the offense just kind of moved towards more James Harden and right, doing what sure. he want, doing you know catering to him a little bit more than uh, than just throwing it down in the block to Dwight. So yeah, um, you know, but those earlier years, you know, Yao Ming was Yao Ming. Like he he was pretty good. Like you know, I before agree. the injuries, totally agree. Yeah, and then you know, Dream is just the face of the franchise. Like you know, without him, there the Rockets aren't as relevant as they are. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on, Coach. I, I would have done the same thing as what you rated him. And y- Yao could just do things that other, nobody else could do. Well, he's just, he was a kind of yeah. a unicorn in that regard. But, uh, but yeah, so let's move into the backcourt, Coach. Mm-hmm. We got Steve Francis, the franchise. Clyde the Glide Drexler, a Houston native Houstonian, HISD Sterling High School, and, of course, U of H Cougars. And then James Harden. 
the beard. So oh, let, let's go start bench cut. Steve Francis, yeah. Clyde Drexler, uh, James Harden. That one's a little tougher, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm thinking about James Harden as a rocket, and yeah, he you definitely start James Harden as a, yep, as a rocket. Fair, yep. He he was a stud for so many years. Like I, I was upset last year when they traded him, but I mean it had to be done, whatever, for yeah. us to rebuild. Right. Uh, I'm going to bench Clyde Drexler okay. uh, because he he is um, he's Houston. I mean he went to U of yeah. H. Yeah. And he came and he wanted and he got a ring with us, you know, and yep. then, you know, unfortunately, you got to cut Steve French, uh, Steve Francis. But Steve Francis was a dog when he played yes, he was. For the Rockets. Those yeah. are fun times. Yeah. yeah kind of like, you know, player. after after all the success, it was it was a rebuilding time, but it was a it was a fun time with him as the face of the franchise. Yeah. And a, and a young Yao Ming coming in a couple of years after. Yeah. Fun time. Uh, I was, I'll never forget the first time Yao and uh, Shaq squared off in L.A. I remember watching that game live and just. Yeah on tv and had a great time watching that all right let's move over to the diamond you all said you're an astros fan let's go altuve bagwell and biggio altuve Man, that, bagwell biggio yeah that one's tougher that one's tough tougher than you think it is or <laughs> or what people would think uh i'm gonna surprise people i think i'm gonna go altuve i'm gonna start altuve Got what you. he's doing what he's doing uh He's gonna probably go down as the greatest Astro ever, right? Uh, with, yeah. the, with what he's doing right now, um, and then I'm going to bench Biggio. Uh, Biggio yeah. is phenomenal. Uh, it's crazy that they play the same position, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Altuve will go down as the best ever. Yeah, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, the Biggio, three thousand hits. You can't, you know, argue with that. And, right. And then him being a selfless player, you know, yeah. a catcher, yeah. second baseman, moving over to center field, coming back to second. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you know. Just can't you can't you can't cut him. You know, yeah. Bagwell was uh, amazing as well, but you know you just can't cut Pidgeo. Man, I, that's what I love about you, Coach. You have high level sports analysis on on every sport. I, I, <laughs> I do I do enjoy talking sports with you. I, I don't, I don't know if I could bring up like NHL if you'd also know that. I wouldn't be surprised if you did because you. you no, you I, I don't know much thing. NHL. Okay, I don't you, know much. <laughs> you always have like a, a well thought out response. I love it. So I knew this was gonna be a fun start bench cut with you. Okay, let's move over now to football. Okay, I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm gonna give you a goat edition here, and I, I heard you kind of reference it. Who you thought was the goat? You kind of let that one slip a little bit. I don't know if you yeah. know my my good friend Jason Campbell. If you ever crossed paths with him, we went to Texas State together. So yeah, I know he went to Texas State. I just didn't know if you. So you knew him. Yeah, at Texas. He's State. he's he's older than me. Right. Uh, we've crossed paths. Like, uh, you know the, uh, you know I don't want to. I don't know if it's going to come off wrong, but like the black community at Texas State, sure. we all know each other because it wasn't that many. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. State, so <laughs> we yeah, all, uh, yeah. But, you know, we all kind of know each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Coach Campbell is also a team player alum. He's the head boys basketball coach at Northbrook. And we kind of had a good chuckle during his start bench cut segment because I said, you know, Coach Campbell's of the opinion unapologetically that Tom Brady's trash. <laughs> so we had a good, yeah. we had a real good laugh about that. And uh, so, anyhow, I don't know if you feel as strongly as Coach Campbell. I don't know if, if you feel that way about Tom Brady, but I'm going to throw Brady in there. So we got a start bench cut of Tom Brady with your boys, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay, man. start bench cut, yeah. uh, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I got to start Aaron Rodgers. He's he's probably the most talented quarterback that's ever played the game. You know, like he he can do stuff with that football that that people just can't do. I think maybe Pat Mahomes can do some of the stuff he's doing, uh -huh. that, or he can do. Uh, and then, man, I can't ever cut Brett Favre. Like, there's just yeah. no way. Like yeah. that, that guy. Like he, I mean, liking the Packers, I can't, I can't cut him. So uh, Brady's not to get cut, even though people will say Brady's the goat, like of all time. Yeah. Um, 
he he's getting cut for me. No, but let me ask you though. So, but in, so, are you in the camp that Brady is extremely overrated, or are you just saying like I think Rogers better, but Brady's still great? Or what's what's kind of your what's your what's your assessment of Brady? I'm just curious. So, if you'd asked me after his first like three or four, you know, I'd been like, dude, he has like the best defense, you know, and the best yeah. de- the best coach in the game. You know, he's winning yeah. championships off of last second field goals. You know, yeah. like. But after that, man, it started being kind of the Brady show. Like, he's, sure. you know, ripping people apart. I think that Super Bowl here in Houston, like, against yeah. Carolina, he was like – I mean, they were going at it second half, and he was putting up some numbers, you know. So, um, he's definitely proven that it's not just the defense and Belichick. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. him too. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, or it's kind of shifted towards him. So, I mean, you know, people will compare him and Peyton Manning. But, I mean, if you look at – if you just go by Super Bowls, it's it's sure. him. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so. Yep. And last one, coach, for your, for your OU fandom, little boomer sooner edition. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. Start bench cut. Yeah, that honestly, out of the ones you've asked me, this one was probably the toughest for me. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I mean they all followed each other. And so uh this one was pretty tough. Yeah. Um I, I'm gonna start Baker. I'm gonna okay. start Baker. Okay. Had, uh, all those guys pretty much played one year, right? Um, yeah. And then they were gone. Baker was there for like three, I, I want to say, right? And he was like a, a Heisman finalist all three years, I want right. to say. Yeah. But um, he was definitely um, fun to watch there. Um, I'm gonna bench Kyler. I think he, uh, I, I, I liked watching him play. Yeah. And even though Hurts came over and had a, a great year, I'm gonna have to go and cut him. Yeah. You know? And that was one of my brushes with fame. I coached against Jalen Hurts at Aldine when he was at Channel View, and he tore okay. us up, as you probably can imagine. Yeah. He was very, very good. All right, so that was fun, Coach. You did a great job on the start bench cuts. And so now just we're gonna, we are going to do – because I know we have a lot of Ridgepoint, obviously with all of our backgrounds. Like a lot of Ridgepoint kids do tune into the show. Um, and so we, we've enjoyed doing these uh, top five Ridgepoint all-time lists. Coach Sniffin, of course, as the head man, he got to do top five of all positions. Jimmy Hammond on his episode uh, did the top five defenders. Uh, Coach Fisher did the top five offensive linemen. And so I'd like for you to do us the honor of doing the top five skill kids. So we're just, we're going to just say tight end receiver running back. So that, that's what we're going to count as skill kids. Uh, top five of all time, because you were there for a long portion, or at least in the portion you were there, uh, which yeah. was a lot of it. Um, yeah. Who is your top five all time? Okay, yeah, I had a hard time. Like when, like Coach yeah. Sniffin said, he had a hard time. Yeah, I had a hard yeah. time. You at least kind of cut the parameters for me, right? So I, I, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, uh, it was pretty. This is pretty hard because those kids, like I talked to a lot of them. Like you'd be surprised at how many of them I still talk to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I don't want to offend any of them. Um, yeah. I'll say, uh, I, I didn't rank them. I just picked. Yeah. Five no, of them. no, in no yeah. particular order. In no particular order. Got you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Remus Bulmer. There you uh, go. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, Remus came, I guess you're here, or he showed yeah. up at, he showed up in the spring of, of right. uh, 14. Yep. And I feel like uh, our team just changed when he came. Like, um, obviously, you know, we coached against him that year. And uh-huh. so, he, you know, we knew he was really good. Yeah. Um, but watching how he worked and how he just kind of seamlessly got in, came in with the team and he just fit right in. And um, I'll never, I always remember, like, I, I walked in the weight room and, you know, we had him in groups and how we, you know, put him in groups. And I was like, man, you know, he's over there working with the, the strongest guys, you know, like, yeah. he, you know, Remus is a dog, Very you know, strong. he was strong. Yeah. And, um, and his practice habits were there and like, you know, he, and then he, you know, he has all that personality. So 
Um, he ran for like 1,900 yards that year mm-hmm. um, in 12 games. And I guess – I don't know if people know, but his junior year, he ran for like over 2,000 in only right. 10 games. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he could go for real. And uh, I, 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 I still talk to Remus pretty much every day. So, yeah, it's awesome. I, can't, I can't have a list without putting Remus on there. So And uh, I want to say this about Remus. If you're listening to the show and you are in need of a new car, yes this dude is killing it and i mean it's top mm-hmm. flight customer service he's gonna take you care of carry you can get you, you can get your car washes lined up like he takes care he washes the cars himself sometimes he's he showing on social media i think his style of car maybe is out of my price range <laughs> or at least my yeah. style because i know he works at he, he's a luxury car dealer um but i'm You'd be surprised season, go ahead you'd be surprised if i if i tell you i'm not gonna put his business out there when he drives but uh you would laugh. I'll tell you later. I'll text okay. you and tell you that he later. But seriously, like he he is an excellent salesman. So if, if you're listening to this show and you want to, uh, you need a new car, look up Remus Bulmer. And coach, do you know his dealership? What the name of it is? He works at the Mercedes off of Greenway. There Greenway you go. Plaza. Okay. But he he can get you anything anything in like the is it uh I can't remember the name of the other like Auto Trader or something okay. like that. If you look up that, yeah. he can get you any car on there too, man. Remus yeah. is killing it. Like you said, he's killing this, it. This is the guy. This is the guy. And one yeah. thing I want to share about Remus and we all love Remus, man. He just, he's that all of us loved him, you know? Mm-hmm. And he just, he had that, he, he had in what you hear this term a lot, but infectious smile. He yes. had that. He had yeah. that. He would always just come. He kind of had this little strut the way that he walked and he just comes strutting into the weight room or wherever. And everybody just gravitated to him. He, he was awesome. And it kind of reminded me of what you described there when he came over uh, from Dulles. I remember whenever the Astros traded for Verlander, you know, mm-hmm. for the, in the World Series year. And I remember yeah. Josh Reddick, one of my favorite Astros, whenever that, whenever that happened, he posted a meme from my favorite sports movie, Major League, you know, and they had just found out that the owner was trying to, you know, destroy the team. And so, the, 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 you know, the, the catcher, Jake Taylor, said, well, only one thing left to do, win the whole bleeping thing. And yeah. that's how it kind of felt with Remus, just like Justin Verlander. We got Verlander's like, wow, we have like the dude, we can do this. And so when yeah. Remus came, I felt the same way. Like we're going to win the district championship. Like I <laughs> felt like that was like that last piece. So you were, you were absolutely right the way you described that coach. Yeah. Amazing kid. Amazing on the field. Like, you know, just, I, if you, like, I, like I said, I talked to him pretty much every day and just the growth from him uh, when I first met him to now, is just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So next, and on I will my list. say he probably would have. I was surprised he didn't make Coach Sniffen's list. And it, it's kind of like you set up the OU quarterbacks. I think that's only because he was only a one-year Panther. Because I know that Coach Sniffen just loved Remus, and obviously that production that one year was in- incredible. But maybe it was he had such a short career for Ridgepoint. Maybe that's why he didn't make the all-time top five. But he oh yeah, very deserving. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um. So next on my list would be BJ Rainford. And great uh, running back. Oh yeah. BJ, BJ followed Remus um, the the following year and BJ carried us to the semifinals. That's right. Um, We had really good offensive line play. So, you know, shout out to those guys too, Mm -hmm. you know, Travis, Jack, Marcus, uh, Gabe, and Brandon. Uh, But BJ was our running back. And I mean, we thrown the ball, we handed off to him. We were, we became an inside zone team because that's what we could do really well. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and BJ just had an amazing year um, as a junior. Uh, he was on that team when Remus was there, and he was like the third or fourth. Back. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you how many guys we had on that team. Yeah. Uh, where he's a, because BJ was an all state kid as a junior. And you can see, like, you know, when you talk about as a sophomore, he's a third or fourth guy. You, yeah. you got to be pretty loaded for, 
for uh, for that to happen. Because anywhere else he went, he probably he would be their guy. So, and I, it's uh, funny you bring that up. I just want to bring up the name Reggie Taylor. I mean, yes. that was our fourth guy, and he'd come mm-hmm. in there late in games against teams getting blown out. And I mean, they didn't want to face him because I just he ran so hard. And again, it's an example Man. that we just had such a special team. Our fourth stringers would start at you know eighty percent 80 90 percent of high schools in the area they were just they were yeah. such a special team but you know bj you know again i'm on the defensive side so i didn't get to know these guys quite as well as you did obviously but like he also always had a smile on his face but it was kind of like a quiet just just yeah he's just a nice he, he was not the boisterous you know personality as remus that i remember he but he quietly took care of his business and you're you're yeah. right he he was excellent yeah he was he was awesome man like i said we could we would throw it to him we'd hand it yeah. off to him he he, he was special yeah he he can do it all just like remus could um and i mean it was just great having both of those guys back to back yep so, <clears throat> all right that's um, two so three more to go so okay so i didn't i i didn't i remember when i got to richmond i coached defense too that's so yeah yeah yep. i couldn't i couldn't leave those guys out so my next guy is jordan tolbert okay uh, that's skill yeah yeah that's corners of skill yeah absolutely I'm, i like it i yeah. like it i like it yeah jt i mean yeah. jt unfortunately didn't have his senior year because he right. tore his knee up but yeah jt was special man and uh you know i loved coaching him uh it you know they always say you say when you know kids trust you they'll do anything for you and um it took it took a while for jt to trust me as his coach <laughs> uh I, always, I for some reason i remember this story like i just remember when i got there you know you guys telling me like you know he's gonna be really good you know and mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm coaching him and, you know, I tell him something and he'd be like, yeah, I got you coach. He, he was never disrespectful or anything like that. Yes. Uh, but you could tell he was kind of blowing me off, you know? And so, uh, you know, I would be like, <laughs> Hey man, you're a corner. Uh, we're playing cover eight, get yeah. your eyes out of the backfield. Worry about playing, you know, playing the receiver, playing yeah. deep. You're not going to make too many tackles. And he just be like, oh, I got you coach. He go try to run up and make a tackle. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, we scrimmaged, uh, Travis yeah. and, they ran like a play action or something. He comes running up trying to make a tackle. Yeah. Well, they throw a post over his head, you know. And uh, and uh, I was like, dude, get your eyes out of the back, you know. And he's just like, he's still not trusting me. And he's like, yeah. all right, man, yeah, whatever. You know, they got me on this one. And he ends up having a good scrimmage. Well, we play that first varsity game. Yeah. Where we go over to Clear Creek. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, you know, and, and our side, because it was the first ever varsity game, it's like packed. It's crazy, crazy packed on the on the visitor side. And it's packed on their side. Well, I, I think it was the first series or whatever. Like they either ran like a flea flicker or or a play action or something, and yeah. his eyes are in the backfield, and they go for six on him, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I'm just shaking my head, and he comes over and he sits down. He's looking at me and he, he's like, you know, what do I do? And I was like, nah, dude, you didn't you didn't want to you didn't want me to coach you before. Figure it out. <laughs> I tell yeah. him, I go. I, I was like, I'll coach you on Monday, and he just looked at me, and ever since then. Uh, I don't think he remembers that story, but ever since then, he's he, me and him have been rock solid. Like he, that's awesome. I tell him he, you know, he listens. But you know, sometimes it takes for those kids to to have some adversity before they decide. Yeah. Like I, I can't do this on my. Own. That's a great story, man. I, I'm so um, glad from you that point on. Yeah, yeah, like he he. I was like, no, nah, man, you know, yeah. no, nah, you you got it. You know, <laughs> all these people are yelling because you remember I would tell those guys you know, hey, they can make mistakes up front, like, because somebody else can cover up for them. But like, yeah. you make a mistake on the back end, it's strike up the band. It's six points. That's like, right. You can't, right. you can't be making mistakes back there. And uh, it took for him, you know, making a mistake in a, a big game for him to be like, okay, I, I need to be coached a little bit, you know, and so. Yeah, Jordan uh, was awesome. And it's, it's funny, you know, 
these stories are your favorite players. Sometimes they're the players you butt heads with at the beginning. It's not always just a total fairy book, you know, relationship from start to finish. And so that's funny that, you know, you, you had to kind of earn his trust first. And the, obviously, you know, coach Sniffen talked about this in his episode, JT made the big interception to get us our first win against Marshall. Yeah. Do you, do you want absolutely. to kind of relive that moment a little bit or talk about that kind of? Yeah, man. He like, he was in cover eight uh, and they ran like a post or something and I didn't see him. I saw, um, I want to say it was the Smith kid from uh, Marshall that was running deep. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't even see JT. Like, I didn't even, I didn't know he was behind him. I didn't know he was in the area. Yeah. And the ball went up. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, he, this kid's about just a six, you know. And then you just see him come out of nowhere and just take that ball. And then the best part of it was, like, you know, he kept his balance. And then he came over. Uh, to return and he's running down our sideline yeah and then he gets knocked out of bounds and our crowd just went nuts like yeah. i've never seen anything like that my buddy was in the stands and he he was like dude when that he's like that whoever jt is when he made that interception that the crowd went crazy and was just yelling jt and screaming his name yeah. and like i i mean i just that was that like was a, cool a, yeah that was a cool moment like yeah Shout out! So shout out! Yeah, shout out to the Ridgepoint Pack. You know, Santa, Santa. Uh, you know, Tammy Edwards. Every just, that, those games are incredible. But you're down to two. So now we're down to our last two. Yeah. So the next guy um, I, is Schaller Staten. Schaller. Um, yep. Schaller. Yeah. Schaller. Uh, we made that run uh, to the semis, and um, we had to move Schaller over to receiver at the end of the year. Okay. Uh, we made the decision to like, yeah. you know, we got to have our best players on the field at all times, you know, and uh, we, we taught him some receiver stuff like the like right before the last game of the season, which was to go play Texas City for a uh, for the district championship. Um, and we taught him like a few plays. Um, one was like the little now screen and we throw it to him. And the first one he catches, I think he goes to the house on it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and then he, I think he caught another one for a touchdown. And then we got him in the playoffs. And we kept, you know, adding more yeah. on his plate. And uh, he just kind of him and BJ pretty much carried us that year, along with the old line guys. Yeah. They like that run doesn't happen without Shyler and without, uh, you know, those other. Uh, he was pretty locked down corner. Yeah. Uh, he was an offensive guy, you know, at first. Yeah. And then we moved yeah. him to defense, and he, you know, just kind of fit seamlessly. And he he can cover anyone. Um, he can jump. He was um, district champion in high jump. Got mm-hmm. the track stuff out there too. But he yeah. he was he was amazing um, out on the field. So, and the yeah. year before, he also got talking about huge interceptions to help win games. The Elkin yeah. interception yes. that that saved us. You're, you know, yeah, he had that pick six. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, definitely got uh, shout him out. Uh, man, my last one, like I couldn't decide. Man, like yeah. he like. I hope you don't mind. I have three names, man. That's fine. I, I no, I, I, hey, man, you know me. You know me. I want to give as many flowers as possible. So, yeah, let yeah. them all fly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, Deontay Ford. Had okay, a yeah, great, absolutely. Uh, he had a great junior senior year when we moved him over from defense yep. to offense. Uh, really good receiver. Uh, went to play at University of Kansas. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, Deontay was awesome. And then also on the track, like I mentioned mm-hmm. him in, on the track, too. Um, a guy that you didn't get to coach, but uh, Adam Bazan. I coached okay, him. Yeah, he was uh, younger. Yeah, yep. He was yep. a younger receiver. Um, Adam was Adam was great, man. Like he had really good practice habits. Uh, ran his routes hard. Uh, he he could play inside. He could play outside. 
Um, he was our quarterback, Aaron Allen's like favorite target, you know, right. Aaron's right. always looking for him. Uh, Adam, he had, he broke, I think some of our receiving records that I think uh, John Paul broke later on. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, Adam's senior year was John Paul's freshman year. So wow, they both yeah. were on the varsity together. So awesome. um, Adam, and then my last one, I feel like you're going to really like this last one. I couldn't, I, I got, I couldn't leave him off, man. But Justin Jackson, Hey, I know he's a linebacker. <laughs> I know he's a linebacker, yeah. man, but I'm gonna go ahead and shout him out as a skill guy, man. Yeah. Uh, Justin Jackson, like his growth from his sophomore year to being dominant his senior year. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just it's like like this, man. Like I couldn't leave Justin Jack, I couldn't leave Jay Jack off this list, man. Like Jay Jack Love was it. he had an incredible senior year. Uh him and Torian just kind of that whole side of the field, you couldn't do anything over there with those guys. And I want to say he had like four or five interceptions as a senior. Yeah. Lots of tackles. Um, some of those interceptions were crazy. His highlight film was craziest. Yeah. And he helped us win that foster game. He made yes. several, we, we had like a little loop stunt for him and man, he was getting back there and blowing people up in the backfield. And mm-hmm. Jack's one of my favorite ones. And I, I don't think I'm, I definitely don't think I was much as a great coach or anything, but like one thing that I felt like I had a good beam, beam on was like, forecasting talent or spotting it early Mm -hmm. and that was one kid that i just from the beginning as a freshman and he was lanky weak Mm -hmm. you know small i mean Uh but i just you know that term it's overused a lot of times but he was just a football player that's what i saw i was like this kid can just play football he you know and i just i really believed in him i was really fighting in some of these meetings and taking some hard <laughs> arguments and like not winning them usually because i'm you know me i'm I, yeah i was kind of just getting over overruled but like i was really saying like man we really want, we need the kid on the varsity and uh yeah you know and you know he just improved and improved and i just uh, totally agree with you coach uh yeah. and so yeah J- justin jackson getting a lot of love in ridgepoint because you know th- this episode will be released before yours does but on the on the uh, jimmy hammond episode jimmy hammond also put justin jackson in that top five all-time ridgepoint defenders so Gotcha. All the flowers yeah. to Jay Jack for sure. Man, Jay Jack is Jay Jack is an unbelievable player. But all those guys, I mean, and because there's so many other guys that you there's know, so many we could have said, yeah. That that uh, I left, I purposely left off like a Chad Bailey because Brett, you know, mentioned him, yeah, right. and I uh, left off TP because you know Brett mentioned, mentioned yep. him too. So I left those guys off for those reasons. But though, I mean, they definitely are you know top five, top sure. ten worthy sure. guys. You know, probably more like top three <laughs> you know so uh but I, I had to leave those guys off to give these other guys their flowers as well yeah man no doubt oh, dude coach this has been a fun episode if, if y'all enjoyed it as much as we did again just take that 10 seconds give that five star review that helps so much uh, hit the follow button to subscribe and get a new episode every sunday at 2 p.m you can follow me on twitter at coach underscore kovo that's coach underscore k-o-v-o if you're loving this team player podcast reach out to us hit me up on twitter or you can send an email to teamplayerpodcast at gmail.com and we lift up our own inside team player nation like i can't tell you how many times somebody's recommended a guest to me and i've gone out and found him we made it happen so just yeah please reach out anyone you want to recommend or if you want to do it come on reach out we 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 just trying to find like-minded people and just promote good coaching that's all we do here and as always the cover art and music for the team player podcast is provided by two of my former players that i love so much this guy you know the cover art is by kaiser st cyr so Dre, yeah. Dre created the team player artwork, and I just think it looks so good. So just props to, to yeah. Kaiser St. Cyr. Uh, he's awesome. Shout he's out to Kaiser, man. Yeah, shout out to Kaiser. If you need any kind of graphic design work, hit, hit me up, teamplayerpodcast, gmail.com. He can do it for you. He was very professional, very easy to work with. 
competitive pricing. I mean, he Kaiser's just awesome. So shout out, yeah. shout out to Kaiser. He's always been a businessman, even in high school. You remember he's running a business. Man, he's the, <laughs> so he's the, he's the candy man, man. He's the candy, candy man, man, you know, and he's still doing it today. He's running his, his uh, graphic design business, and I'm, I'm so proud of him. And uh, the other guy is Dominique Williams. Uh, uh, you didn't, I guess you didn't coach him. He was a, one of our Clements kids, but uh, he played at Midwestern State, had an All-American career. And uh, he has now started his music career. And you can find him by searching for Avrion. That's A-V-R-I-O-N. You can find him on any platform. I found him on Spotify. Uh, but, but our music is his uh my favorite song from his his debut album uh, it's called one more good enough so you can search for avery on a-v-r-i-o-n on all those music channels uh coach o this has been so much fun man thank you for coming on the show with us man i appreciate you man you're doing a great, a great job man i love i love listening to this man and yeah uh hopefully this blows up to where you're like you know big time like you know colin coward or something man like I, <laughs> I, you know you're doing a good job man i, I like you said man like you're you know, leaving coaching. Now you're doing this, man. You, you, know, you always throw so much into everything you do, man. So I appreciate that. I definitely am uh, appreciative of you asking me to come on and uh, hope, uh, hope the show does well, man. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, you know, right now it's just me, you know, <laughs> it's just, yeah. I, I always jokingly say, Hey, come into the team player studios. It's just my office, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but Hey, like you said, coach, I love what I'm doing. And so whatever happens, happens. But like right now, we're just having fun telling y'all stories. And I, I just love it, getting to meet all these coaches. But uh, thank you so much to all the team players out there for your support. And we'll catch y'all down the road. It always feel like I need one more boy. One more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. One more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. One more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough But you be told I need some therapy Initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy 